0: everyone got one what's your opinion this is the ramp tons won't be bitten ain't no rules just spill it and anybody can get it no limit we get to kill it You tuning it the thrillers and no
1: ain't no stopping no. any
0: topic even the random i hope that you ready we entering in the zone soon we only grown shit welcome to the ramble. ramble.
2: No, that's
1: it that's all i got
2: to say what's up y'all it's your boy hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real We keep it opinionated, we keep it 2022, 20, y'all Yeah, on um, this show we discuss entertainment TV, film, music, culture But our focus is always screenwriting Stories, craft, and shit like that uh, Today uh, the, the rest of the Wu-Tang Clan is out <clears throat> But we got a special show for y'all So if you guys are grown, you remember that line <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna jump right into the show So today We got my man in the building, Deep is it donald deep or you just stay deep well
0: as an author donald deep and then oh, deep primarily
2: you you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly donald deep page yep yes yep. that's what yep. i thought um author now damn you just missed the high fitness and shit hey but. <laughs> you know multiple <laughs> streams exactly exactly uh author singer songwriter actor dancer uh producer mm-hmm. I can't stand on them, the oil, oil change. <laughs> <laughs> brother man, brother man, brother man, what you need? <laughs> Yo, no, what you need, I got you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, welcome to the show, Deep. How you doing, man? Thank you, man. I'm glad to be here. <clears throat> I'm good. How are you? Good, good. We've been talking about this for a minute. I mean, so, years. Years. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a little <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but you know what? Tommy is everything. You got a new book out, Absolutely. so we'll be able to get in on, you know, wh- wh- what's up with that and stuff like that. But, um let's go ahead and just jump into your story dope and talk about like where you are from and how you even got into the game in the first place
0: you know interesting that's a long long story i'm originally from clearly (laughs) got time we got time y'all um I'm from Houston. H mm-hmm. Town. H Town. What y'all know about them country Texas boys? What y'all know? Mm-hmm. See, and that's the thing. H Town is not country. It's country. Southern. It's Southern. Like the There's a difference. Ain't. I can't milk your cow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't slap your pig. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ride all,
2: none of that. Hashtag Trailer Park. He know good as well. They Trailer Park.
0: <laughs> but, you know, that, and, and see, here's the thing. I call myself, um, I was born in Houston mm-hmm. uh, in the gospel music industry in a uh, gospel family. And from Houston to D.C., D.C. to New York, and then landed in L.A. about 12 years ago. But I feel like each stop was necessary because they built a different component, a different right. part of who I am, probably, which is what birthed those different commas and hashtags well, what, and what, things.
2: What got you guys to D.C. and what got you to New York?
0: Um, music. <clears throat> music. Okay. So I grew up in the gospel music industry. I, My mom was a core member of the Southeast Inspirational Choir, which okay. was uh, founded by the lay greats. Brenda Waters, Shirley Joyner, and Carl Preacher. And uh, this choir birthed some of our legends that are, well, legends that are now in the game, Yolanda Mm -hmm. Adams, Greg Curtis as producers, and uh, just a little bit of everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I grew up under that, in that family. And (coughs) I had a son at 21. I think my son was born when I just turned, I turned 21 two mm-hmm. months before my son was born. And See, was, I
2: guessed that about you. I was like, like well, your last name I is did. Guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look who's guessing. I just assumed.
2: No, go ahead. He was out there fucking Okay, you, you
0: too wild. He's too wild. <laughs> you know what? I, um, I was the, I was the, the next up, I was the PK, the preacher's kid, and and next oh, step. To, a he's a preacher. Oh, my okay. dad and my stepdad. I think really? they call my mom the preacher maker.
2: That's hilarious. <laughs> what am I?
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah, um, and so I was supposed to be next, mm. you know, and so I was the the first son to the choir, and so everyone, all these god aunts and uncles and all these different people were in my life and very instrumental
2: with that, the development. Hashtag spoiled rotten, there you go. You know, <coughs> not spoil rotten. They, they, it's
0: the South with a F. I, the South. The, they, they ain't spoiling you. The,
2: how many brothers and sisters you have?
0: Um, I have no brothers and sisters that have the same mother and father.
2: So nobody lived but in I, the house with y'all? When you
0: but we there? had people living in the house with us. That's the funny <laughs> part, you know. So okay. my mom only has two children, myself and my sister who is nine years younger than me. Oh
1: okay.
0: Uh, but my biological father has Three, so it's three girls, <laughs> and I think I'm the I'm one is older than me. I'm the second, and the other two are younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started building a relationship closer, uh, actually during pandemic. We lost what? my grandmother, and it oh, just so late in life. Late in life, huh. we saw each other for the first time at my dad's funeral.
2: Wow! And I hadn't
0: seen my dad. My dad left when I was about three.
2: Wow! Um, my
0: stepdad came and sent the picture around three. Mm. Uh, The mental and physical abuse from him started when I was about six. And then 13, my biological father called me and um, I was out (laughs) cutting the yard and my mom came in, which was a big deal, because you didn't stop doing your chores. And my mom called me and said, telephone. And I came to the phone and it says, guy on the phone saying, hey, little Don, because that's what they call me. Um, It's your dad. I was like, what?
2: Hmm.
0: You know, and I'm having this horrible up and down relationship with my stepfather because it was very interesting. Mm. I loved him but mm. I hated him and this whole thing and mm. it vice versa. Sure. And my mom was caught somewhere in the middle. And um, you know, he started this whole conversation about his job I was supposed to have him in Houston and, you know, would I wanna see him and I'm like for the first time speechless. Mm. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> and he ended the
0: call with I love you know I was like,
1: oh, Okay, love, right.
0: you, love you too because right. again I was very respectful and mm-hmm. raised up in the south and you know children were seen and not heard so right. Right. as much as I would think I wasn't as uh, bold with my thoughts to verbalize them at least not around adults. Okay. And my son is much more bold in that, that regard <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs>
1: that, that
0: crazy. But um, literally when he was supposed to come into town he died. What? Yeah, He wasn't sick, heart attack he died at 40. Mm. So he was young. Very young. Mm. I'll actually be 40 this year. Wow. So it's been a very interesting um, pandemic was necessary because I it, I sat down mm-hmm. and I had time to really think about purpose work and all these opportunities and favor, things that have happened that I've been fortunate to be a part of. But mm-hmm. what was my legacy? Mm-hmm. And so that got important to mm-hmm. me. But um, anyway, he died. And I go to the funeral, and that's when I meet these sisters. Wow. I had met my older sister, but I hadn't <laughs> met the, the two younger ones. Mm-hmm. And I met them, and I didn't see them again until three years ago.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's a thing. Okay, this is exactly what I wanted to get into. <laughs> okay, okay, it's been no, a I thing. It. It's been yeah, a yeah. thing because I love people to get to to know people because yeah. when they see you, you know, on a cover of some album, or they see they, they listen to your music, they they have a different perception Absolutely. of you. And so for me. Um, these kind of conversations allow people to come into your your, your home, so to speak, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Because people think they know you when they know your name, Absolutely. and they hear your music, or, you know, they And they, they say see the your... name
0: wrong, depth, Dep. No, that's not me. <laughs> 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 and if they say Donald, I probably am not turning if it's not right, a right. certain voice, because a certain group of people call me that. My oh, dad right. being Donald, mm-hmm. I was a little done. Right. And even though he wasn't there, interestingly enough, I was very connected to his mother mm. my uh oma who
2: um was See? country yeah. oh that's oma. what she called, she, was well, <laughs> she, she, she lived mm-hmm. in
0: Germany mm-hmm. so she was uh french and she said that's french for head mother yeah. for her that was her. she I'm too young and too dope to be called a grandmother <laughs> exactly. that was her thing <laughs> I love her but she uh, she moved from louisiana she was the fast girl moved from louisiana mm-hmm. to uh, LA and all mm-hmm. of that stuff so <laughs> she um She called my mom. Um, My mom said there was about a year or so in between that she hadn't heard from that side of the family like that. And our families were very close, both sides. And she called and said, I want to have a relationship with my grandson, Lil Don. You know, that was her, that's how she spoke. And uh, my mom was like, sure. you know. So I I had a relationship with my dad's side of the family, just Uh not him.
2: Mm. So you had more relationship with them than dad? Literally. Interesting.
0: I always remember. I Mm -hmm. don't remember the two years that, you know, I was three, so Mm -hmm. I don't remember the two years that my uh, Omar wasn't present or my Aunt Maddie and all of those cousins and and things. And my grandmother would take the summers off and tour the country Hmm. and visit all the family members, Chicago, where the Norwood side of the family is, Mm -hmm. Louisiana, Mm -hmm. Houston. You know, she lived in L.A. by that time. Um, (laughs) And... um, when I got a little bit older she started singing for me and I would come with her during the summer and go meet these family members and sing everywhere yeah, and right. all the all Everybody's church and my Uncle Red's church out here in LA and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. But um I had a great relationship with them. Oh. And so it kept this tie to my dad, my my biological father, uh That I desired, Mm -hmm. but it 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 felt like I should have this relationship because I'm so close, and he was everyone's favorite nephew and all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, arguably my grandmother's favorite son. (laughs) What's up, Uncle (laughs) Danny? But um, (laughs) what you say? What you (laughs) say? But he was that, you know. And so I lived with the stories of, and he was alive, Mm -hmm. of how dope he was and how much fun he was. And oh, you remind me so much of him, and Mm -hmm. you know all of these things. Did you you look like him? Uh, They say. Okay. I think I branded my own unique look <laughs> well cause when I'm with my mom they're like oh you spit him out and then yeah, right, right. people that know my dad like oh oh, okay. oh yeah that's you you know okay, so yeah. I
2: think I was giving my own thing did, did, did dad sing too? Uh,
0: my dad did not and could not sing um, he ran track Huh. He placed in the Olympics. So that's where you got uh, your
2: athletic that, side. That side. But my mom would
0: say it's me, too, because <laughs> I mean, my mom is
2: just naturally fit. tired okay. Yeah, y'all.
0: She got it right. She comes here and does Ronnie and Kanye with me. Really? Yeah, Yeah. Okay. 64. Nice. Yeah, But, um... My uh, dad's brother sings. Okay. Interestingly, I found out as I got older and started asking more questions, because you know what to ask mm-hmm. as you get older, my dad's father's song. And mm-hmm. him and his all of his sisters, they had a group called The Pages. Mm-hmm. And they recorded albums and things like that. I thought that the music came from my mom's side because of the whole southeast right. side. And, 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 and so I would say I, I get it equally from both sides. Sure.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because nobody in my family was in the arts whatsoever. Yeah, look at that. And... I think I think mine was an accident though. Although I don't know if you know the story about me, but you know I grew up you know in East Palo Alto. You know I was born in Detroit. We lived mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, but <clears throat> and I was part of a breakdance crew like in the early '80s before breaking ever came out. By the way, I got to preface oh, oh, that because people are like, "Oh, breaking like no bitch before breaking." I was I'm that pi- old. I am the originator. <laughs> okay,
1: <let>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I go Shabadoo was my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and um, so we used to break dance down on the, we call the white side, which yes. is Stanford side. And I was an up rocker, so I was doing like turbo shit, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> and what well, what happened was uh, we would go, we would break dance in front of this this Burger King, mm-hmm. and uh, we would always go in there and go to the bathroom. Well, of course, they figured that shit out after a while. They was like, no, you got to buy some shit. Right. So I started going a couple blocks over to the professional children's theater and I'd sneak in there and go to the bathroom one day I snuck in there and they were having auditions yeah. and she was like oh you're here for the audition I was like you know I was fully flagged out by the way because that's how we dressed back then Oh, you ready? It, was a, it was a red neighborhood let's Ooh. keep it like that <clears throat> and uh, I said well what do I need to do she said oh you just sing and dance I was like oh that's it now mind you we doing routines on the thing mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and just like you I'm in a church choir singing and shit it was easy for me right. so I used to used to have a voice that was like Ralph Tresvant. I used oh, to have that high false. Come on. So I sang Is this the end? That's my song. And then the dance routine <laughs> This is funny. I know if that, this is about you, but this is just It's funny. all good. <clears throat> so the dance routine was like it's it's children's theater. So it's like step one, one, two, 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 three. Just like simple mm-hmm. shit. Very basic. And I was like, You gotta be kidding me. I'm adding <laughs> spins. I was already flexible, I could hold my foot up here. Yeah. So they were like, Oh, he's in the front.
1: Booked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: So the reason I say that is it saved my life. Now yeah. I'm 12 years old, mm-hmm. hanging with my homeboys. This is 1982, by 84, crack came into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All my homeboys stopped dancing, now they're out there doing the deed, You know, making their money, making their ends, and our neighborhood really got bad. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was too busy, because now I was at the theater doing nine months of shows every single year mm-hmm. while my homeboys were doing their, their dirt. By eighty four I got into the punk rock scene. Mm. So I never hung out with them. So what happened was those twelve dudes who we all broke break dance pick it up all these years later, there's only three of us alive. Wow. You know what I mean? So that shit saved me. So that's yeah. why anyway, so I wanted to jump to that.
0: Well, you know, and I believe that nothing is happenstance. Right. I really, really live by that. That's this tension to <coughs> right. the left. That's what that is. <laughs> and it's funny how many people don't understand the word happenstance. I right. guess it's not used normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been using okay. it for years. But just simply means that every- everything happens for a reason right. and though i I believe we all have choices and free will, um whatever's supposed to happen is supposed to happen, but there are right. certain things that are put in place to help navigate right you to these you know to that platform <laughs> all and and hence you know what you just asked me i went to um when I got to high school. By high school years, I so I went to HSPVA, the High School of Performing and Visual Arts, my freshman year mm-hmm. in Houston. Okay. And by that time, I did the music track, the performing arts schools thing. I did love it to Johnson Johnson to HSPVA, and the next stop from there was supposed to be Juilliard. Okay. You know, you audition to go into these magnet schools, and
2: mm-hmm. everything this, prepped you. For everything the next
0: prepped night. you for this this <laughs> moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of my peers, a lot of my classmates, and even a uh, year the class above me was Robert Glasper mm-hmm. and. Um, Uh, Brian Michael Cox and, you know, uh, Beyonce went to the school. By the time I got there, she was not there. She was on the (laughs) way to doing girls time. had been doing some things, and so they weren't there. But uh, Ashley Tamar and uh, rest in peace, uh, Nicole. And uh, a lot of these people I end up seeing later on in my career Mm. in life because they are all working. Charles Jones and uh, these people are really working. And so we cross paths still to this day. But um, for me, I was so you gotta do the right thing right and and and, and, and it was weird because i was balancing this being this popular kid at school mm-hmm. but everything about my life was not necessarily the details of a popular. Kid. i was at church all the time i yeah. was taking piano lessons at all about music and my mom was in this
2: world well let me, let me just ask choir. you really quick were you able to still listen to worldly music i couldn't mm-hmm.
0: uh when i went to my aunt linda's house okay my aunt linda same mom same mm-hmm. dad as my my mom um her house was just a, di- her apartment was a different world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I understand, I
0: understand. But I got to, I got to <clears throat> catch up on culture and things like that, but I learned I always attribute my ability to learn scripts and get into roles because it was necessary for survival. Right. Um, and so I wanted to go to a regular school, or what I deemed a regular mm-hmm. school. I wanted to go to what I deemed a regular school. So by the time you got to HSPVA, there was no longer pep rallies, there was Rally. no longer sports, there was no longer any of that. And I started running in the cross country on the cross country team at the end of my eighth grade year, coming out of middle school. Okay. By by happenstance, and mm. I say nothing is right. <laughs> so I get to PVA, and it's not the things that I think high school is. I'm like, where the football team? You know, and this is cool. <laughs> but I got like five music classes, and I was a, yeah, yeah. a triple threat. So I was, I was. Brought into PBA as a jazz pianist. Oh, okay. And I'm classically training piano, but I brought in. I was brought in as a jazz jazz pianist and a vocalist. I was in both of those departments. And and by that time, it was the anniversary of PBA, and I auditioned. Uh, for the role of the river In this play Called Narcissus It was about the, the mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. And I was the rapping river And Rap it just <laughs> like we doing a thing And I ain't no yeah. shit About rapping Because I couldn't Even listen to it You know <laughs> But I would learn And when I would Go over to my aunt She would you know Pour up her drink uh, Crown Royal <laughs> And uh, she would put on Music you know Temptations For the ground folks For the grown folks She made my uncle A blanket out of Crown Royal black bags This is how real this was And it was just It was just a different side And I was always Intrigued by both sides, you know, and so um, I loved going over there and, and just all these things so much so that I quit uh, HSPBA. I lied, mm. I lied to my mom and said I got kicked out. Yeah, and I uh, and. I had to go to my zone school which was westbury high school mm-hmm. my mom only found out i lied sidebar because charles jones thanks charles <laughs> called my mom because they called the role and i wasn't there and carl was like hey miss Karen, you know is donald donald's not at school
1: what's going <laughs> on And
0: i was like you're not you know it was this whole thing right, right. so anyway they didn't force me to go back I, I went to westbury and i met some lifelong friends but i was able to get what i thought was just a normal high school life hmm. and uh i learned how to balance what was necessary for the artists mm-hmm. and the creative world, but also what was necessary for just uh, society society, and mm-hmm. some of these other things that I was interested in. I, I love basketball, but I didn't ever get a chance to play. So to this day, I can't play, That's funny. you know, but everybody thought you could because you look like you can play mm-hmm. and all my friends could. And wait, 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 wait. wait
2: <laughs> this is funny, this is funny. Because I have the same similar thing. <clears throat> well, here's a funny thing. So I can dribble. Mm-hmm. I'm much more of a defensive. I can take it from you in a minute. Yeah, like baseball, I can't hit the fucking ball, <laughs> but I can throw the fuck out of the ball and catch the ball. Yeah, football, same thing. I'm yeah. all in. I'm a great wide receiver. I can catch it one hand. Yeah, all of that, but I don't want to get tackled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get on the ground and get dirty. Like See, that's my shit. I, I just didn't want to be embarrassed.
1: <laughs> These
0: guys could play, you know. Yeah. And I was just like uh, an achiever. I was, I was that dude. Like yo, he wins, you know. So right. anyway, that was that was that that was going on. But the the energy between me and my stepfather, it had kind of reached a head and uh, I triggered him in a lot of ways and, and that was the beginning. at
2: that age.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, it, and really? it had been happening. It okay. had been happening since my mom would go on tour at to Southeast and mm-hmm. it was at that time that he would then be able to just kind of implement okay, right. some different things and try to do some things. And my, my stepdad ner- uh, is a nerd, mm-hmm. you know, so he was definitely the opposite of what he saw the attention. He always used to tell me if I had the support and had the attention you had and the intelligence you had, I'd be a lawyer. And I'm like, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> you
1: know, I didn't do it to you,
0: but okay, man. You know? And so, um, a lot, a lot of mental games, a lot of mental games, mm. a lot of mental sparring right. um, throughout elementary, middle school, and high school. It was almost as though we were both buying for the attention of my mm-hmm. mom.
2: That's trauma.
0: Trauma. Mm-hmm. So much so that by my senior year, my stepdad put me out. Mm. And, um, We would be here for five hours if i told you what led to that (laughs) particular thing but i i uh, thought that my mom was on board with it because by this time was when they decided they were making decisions together
1: Uh,
0: and uh because the bible says
2: mm -hmm. and church says Mm -hmm. you know
0: the man and the woman you know that whole thing (laughs) and so uh, i was out and so my senior year of high school i had my own apartment wow yeah i was how were
2: you paying for what were you doing
0: my aunt uh, is. Enter Aunt enter Linda again. Okay, yeah. You know, and Aunt uh, Linda has. That's
2: my mom's name, by the way. What?
0: Yeah. Up? So, yeah, that's all the Lindas out there. <laughs> but uh, my aunt, she uh, qualified for housing mm-hmm. and she gave me the apartment of the house. I think my rent was like $20 a month. What? Yes, that was my
2: commitment. Okay, look, if you can't find $20. Listen, and because
0: <laughs> I was raised in the family that I was raised in, you started working at 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And by this time, I'm singing around the city. Mm-hmm. I was uh, playing at um a, a church i was working at uh, i worked at six flags i worked at randall's mm-hmm. i worked as um, a busboy for one day <laughs> <laughs> out back steakhouse i hate somebody, that restaurant because of it i said that's not it
1: <laughs> you know what
0: i did all the things and um yeah. but i was able to pay that but it was also it was just a freedom i wasn't trying to wild out or anything right. i was just very restricted in my home Mm-hmm. And so um during that time I, I I you know I got out there and I re- really went from this big support circle from this major world renowned choir mm-hmm. this major church in the south to literally myself and a few supporters and I mean 3 wow and it was a wake up call <clears throat> um but I finished I graduated high school mm-hmm. and um a family friend knew someone that I was able to you know speak with them about school and they got me a full ride over to Texas College okay. in Tyler Texas so that was the first Leaving oh, That was so the first you hanging thing. out With
2: J.B. Fox over there right? Listen Terrell T- ter- ter-
0: T- 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 Tex He from Terrell Oh Terrell Up the
2: street They're all around each other East Texas The small Texas
1: spots And I cried When
0: I got there I was like, looked like the Alamo I was feeling some kind of way Cause again I didn't Houston It's not You know it's different Where I grew up in I grew up on the southwest Before the southwest Is what it is now
2: Is it more city Or
0: something Yeah well h is very much More of the city More progressive Than the other cities Especially during that time But I also grew up On the street In a neighborhood that I was one of two black families on the Mm -hmm. whole neighborhood so I did enjoy going to my grandmother's side who was out in Third Ward in Southeast Houston where the black people was at I went to church in the black side but I, I lived on
2: yeah. yeah. On right. that pastor salary. Yeah, I see where y'all are You get what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: <teasing>. So, <coughs> I, um, and I got my work work ethic for my stepdad. So that's why it's very interesting. I do okay. uh, owe some positive things to him, yeah, but I also good. owe a lot of the trauma and sure. the things, you know, which speaks to getting beyond it. Mm. You know, everyone has trauma and it looks right. different. And, I remember feeling guilty like, yo, my trauma doesn't look like what I hear black people trauma is. My (laughs) my lights, I ain't never thought of worried about my lights being off, you know. I never worried about uh, just some of the things that I saw people Mm -hmm. dealing with. I had some friends that had parents that were on drugs and Mm -hmm. just some different things that I didn't experience. But I was getting my ass beat. I was getting tied to weight benches with weight belts and beat with leather jump ropes. So Yeah. yeah. There was my my version of trauma yeah. and shame. Yeah, you
2: so you couldn't that. talk
0: about it. You won't forget it. I remember it now. I'm mad now. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. looking at,
2: cool. at that, that exercise belt right I, I came in. read it. I saw this weight bitch. I got triggered. <laughs> what? what is that doing here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. But those things, man, led to just me being out there and free with trying stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't have a lot of experience with... I didn't have much experience with sex at all mm. because, yeah, that was the thing. My mom had started a convention, PhD, Preparing Holy Disciples Convention, mm. when I was um, in middle school, and it <laughs> was a uh, three, I think we eventually got to f- four days, but it started out like a three-day youth and young adult convention that was spiritual-based, uh, sponsored by Southeast. Mm-hmm. My mom being the director and um, acting God mom, Shirley Joyner, uh, being over that I was had a very prominent role, so it mm-hmm. kind of jumped my popularity in Texas and Louisiana because mm-hmm. I was the voice at the time. I mm-hmm. don't know if you remember phone trees, and they were mm-hmm. like the automated mm-hmm. thing they call, and that was me. Everybody's home got a. Yeah. It would ring, "Hey y'all, this is Donald <laughs> PhD is coming up. I'll see you there, PhD. <laughs> this is it. You know yes, that yes, kind yes. of thing. You know, yes. so people came. That was you. You know, so it was a right. thing, which simultaneously <laughs> added to the issue that my dad had with me.
1: Mm.
0: You know, um, the popularity thing. Mm. you know and um man i did that and had this idea about sex we took covenants to not have sex before we were married <laughs> like all this thing so i was kind of late to the game and mm. i uh was singing in this gospel group and i met my baby mother mm. i got a baby mama She's y'all
2: sassy. baby mm-hmm. mama baby mama and she <laughs>
0: cool as all get out real cool we're still cool to this day i love it and um but yeah we did that, and um, my son was was conceived. What's his name? Jeremiah. Okay. Jeremiah Page. And um, but the thing about it is, when I found out, I was on tour. So literally, when I went to college, I was in college for one year. I pledged Cap Alpha Psi there, mm-hmm. and Beta Beta chapter in Texas College. Mm-hmm. On the back of magazines at the time, there was, do you want a record deal? Do you mm-hmm. want a this? And so I didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of managing myself, and mm-hmm. I would record these tapes. And back in the day, you wanted to record harmonies. You record on, you have two <laughs> cassette players, you record, <laughs> one over here, and then you play it back on the other one, and you play that one at the say something You say, one over there. Yeah. And then you take that, down, you know,
2: that kind of thing. Yeah, you really thought you was doing that. Yo, listen, <laughs> it was.
0: Got signed and everything. But didn't know what was going on. <clears throat> yeah. I sent those tapes uh, by magazine had a competition, they were looking for the first artist to do their next campaign. Remember, Mm -hmm. they started doing Next Up. Mm -hmm. And so, sent my tape there. There was a record label in D.C. called Versatile Records. I sent my tape there, Mm -hmm. and just start sending them out. And at the same time, I got all these hits back. Not from vibe right away. Hmm. Because in vibe, again, not knowing what I was doing, I didn't put a contact number. Just send a tape out. <laughs> They'll find me, you know. Too many movies. But uh, little they end up sending a letter to my I
2: grandmother's the house. The internet wasn't very popular back then. Yes, and it was not a thing. <laughs> not now a they thing. can Google deep and boom. There like is, Black right? Planet was happening. Was I think
0: it and, uh, was starting to happen. I don't <laughs> know but that was a thing and um but i ended up signing with versatile records that's how i ended up in dc Okay. yeah dc was a record label uh move new york was a record label were you
2: were you going there to for solo
0: i was a solo artist first yeah my very first project was um for me i had a song on there called for me Mm -hmm. Shit don't change make you mine i had one more song on there i don't remember I don't remember (laughs) (laughs) but I did that and I thought that was it because at the time you just needed to get signed if you get signed that's the thing and they did the wine and dine thing they flew me to DC and we have reservations at these four restaurants it's just whatever cuisine you want you know and I'm thinking it's the thing you know Um, thought I was on I was with them for a year did release the first project it was it was out there got me some initial attention um, I
2: want to I want to interrupt in a minute, but go mm, ahead, keep going. Keep going. Uh,
0: got on MySpace, the <coughs> I was talking about MySpace thing. <laughs> There's a guy um, there that's a singer out of New York, and uh, he I think he used to be in this group at the time they were called Die Hard, hmm. and um, the lead singer of their group had left the group to go and join Jodeci. Mm-hmm. Y'all know him as Tayo.
2: Right.
0: Um and they had an opportunity to do a tour uh, with Def Jam. I want to say it was Bobby Valentino's mm-hmm. tour or something like that. And um anyway, they were looking for another member to come in and they didn't want to find a lead singer. Mm-hmm. They wanted cuz you know, they were burned, which I understood they didn't want That's
2: to, to blend. Yeah,
0: that couldn't just be the lead and right. then you get to leave again and where are we, you know? Right, so right. they were kind of anti that uh prior to to me my arrival. Mm-hmm. And so uh this guy we were friends on MySpace and he submitted me to the group and they was like, yeah, yeah, come check them out. They were signed to a label called Blackball Records at the okay. time. And um, Chatty O and Lowe ran that. And so they brought me up. I came out and met them and was like, all right, cool, because I'm from Houston right. and Destiny Shaw was doing that thing. And <laughs> Beyonce had started getting ready to do her thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, the way to do your thing is through a group. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very in there. Interestingly enough, I had to um, come back from, from D.C. to Houston. Hmm. Once that label folded, and um, Allegedly, but I got back to <laughs> Houston and I started just gigging around town and I got hmm. my first residencies there and I would book my uh, my, my friends I pulled hmm. all of them because they were very talented hmm. to sing background and share the gigs and we were rehearsing in My grandmother's living room and doing all so that stuff. So you
2: were producing? I maybe? was producing but I didn't Pro?
0: know because mm-hmm. well, in the <laughs> church world if you see this is the thing in church if you come up with a song mm-hmm. At that time as God gave you a song you did all the things it wasn't about a check you know you came you talked to your director and said i have a song i want to teach a song to the choir can you you know let me hear the song Mm -hmm. so you have to be able to play that song you know (laughs) you know so there's that skill and then you okay well you're gonna teach it so then there's that part vocal Mm -hmm. arrangement and vocal development i didn't even know that these things had different roles and then different positions Mm Which is important because then somebody has a specialty and all
2: that. that. You had to learn them all.
0: All, because that's what it was. And I think that that would be the same story for for all of them. I mean, you look at your Aretha Franklins and stuff, they did that. They did those things. And um, I would also say that's why we get taken advantage of early on because you don't know that a check even is deserving of it. You think that that's just the process of, I have a song. Mm hmm. You teach and it, you now direct they it. The
1: other churches, did, they, they, y'all
0: <laughs> seen that song on time? You exactly. directing it, and you know what's the mechanical royalty? Mm-hmm. You know what are these things? Right. You know, so I didn't know, um, and it, I would say that's the beginning of paying your dues. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, honing the craft and things like that. So I was doing those type of stuff, and um, by the time I got to New York, <laughs> I joined this group. Um, at, at, like I said, originally we were called Die Hard, and then we became uh, Signature,
1: right.
0: and that's when we. Released our first stuff. Our, we were being managed by Blue Williams, who was mm-hmm. managing Outcast. Mm-hmm. and they had a little song called "Hey Y'all."
2: Mm-hmm. You may have heard <laughs> never of. heard of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
0: know, somebody told me about it. But um, so we became like we benefited from the fact that the group that you're managing mm-hmm. is so huge, and mm-hmm. so it, it went zero to a thousand. I mean, we were on 106 in Park. We did mm-hmm. a lot of things, uh, but never close. Never had that big, big, big moment. Mm-hmm and um, that lasted for a while and then it was just over mm. me and the group broke up I was at Essence Festival and I got a text message from my trainer wow who was uh, there with Keisha Cole actually mm-hmm. and said just want you to know your group is at the Hamptons
2: rehearsing they got another member oh like that and
0: that's how I found out the music businesses. Music businesses.
2: People talk about our industry. We have a union and shit. <laughs> at least. The music business is Cold fucking bloody. It will dude. toughen
0: your skin or it will put you out. Damn. And so um, that Damn. became a thing. And that was very hard because I grew up, like I said, even though there was this moment in time that I went from all this support to these three people. Right. Upon my return, um, well, after that year of college and then in, in DC, upon my return, it was just like nothing happened. Everybody kind of low key blaming you just left, mm. and then there was this loyalty to the family of. Well, actually, shit, I didn't just leave. I was getting my ass whooped. Y'all right. didn't know, you right. know, I was kicked out. There was some things going on, mm-hmm. but the loyalty to family <laughs> and to church kept me secrecy. very mom Secrecy, uh-huh. you, you know, and so I took on the oh you just left. Mm. I took on the oh you Hollywood.
2: Let me let me interrupt you with that really quick. Uh, It reminds me of so when I first moved to LA, I was lucky. I got like a role in a movie like in three months. Nice, you know. um, Started getting some work. Started recurring on some stuff. And what happened was, so this is where I was going to go. This is some funny shit. Mm -hmm. Now you know this. This is why I'm teasing you about being the pastor's son. Mm -hmm. So when when I've said this story once or twice on the show, when I was younger. You know how it is on Sunday black churches right gospel Mm -hmm. sanctified churches Mm -hmm. what we do is you in the church sometimes from 9 in the morning until like 3 in the afternoon Mm -hmm. you go right through baby Bible study right into Sunday Sunday school and then it goes into the service and Mm -hmm. you there until the motherfuckers over you starving Starving. by that time (laughs) but here's what used to happen so uh, uh, and and they in the back couldn't fry in that chicken. You could smell it the whole time you were in service. Oh, you man. know exactly what I'm talking Absolutely. about. You could smell it. them in there, I like, right and I'm like, oh my god, I'm starving to death. <clears throat> so as soon as it's over, of course, everybody beelines to the line, and you in that long ass line Wait The pastor had five kids, five dude, mm-hmm. five boys. Them motherfuckers would get straight to the front. Mm-hmm to their seat and be like they would just sit at their pastor's table mm-hmm. you know what I mean and th- and I remember being I always get them envying <laughs> that I remember envying that as a child mm. and as I got older by the time I was 17 18 I started getting some commercials and I, I would walk into the church when I had a commercial on the air mm. and they would go oh Hilliard's here brother, brother you come to the front yeah I yeah. swear to God, it changed. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm just wondering how you relate to this at mm-hmm. all. I couldn't even go home unless I had something to tell them I had mm-hmm. until about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I finally got to a place where I had a full out cry talk with one of my sisters. She's like, you don't need any of that. I just want to see you. You know what I mean?
0: There's a there's a lot <laughs> that comes along with it in the... Uh church world so I don't call myself religious necessarily but sure. spiritual uh, and yeah. definite relationship with God and, sure. and and grateful to God and favorite and all of those mm-hmm. wonderful things but the institute of church can mess you up just like the institute of society and government Max. and all those things <laughs> and they just call it different things I was yeah. called anointed in the church and then I was Told I had the it factor mm. when I joined into the secular music world, which basically was the same thing. Do you have something, a skill set, a talent that draws people to you, mm-hmm. and can we benefit by association with you? And can we p- like pimp it? <laughs> yeah. Period. Can we pimp <clears throat> it? You know. And so, um, yeah, I definitely relate to that. I I didn't go back to Houston a lot. Number one, because the mindset was different, mm. and the experiences were different. I. Um, When i went back to houston during that time it was a lot of what was going on with you right and then um, this expectation of what we saw you on tv Mm -hmm. especially like the 106 and park thing was the first big thing and oh you've made it right and um, (laughs) perception perception of it and my label didn't help my label was throwing money at everything that they should have Mm -hmm. been throwing money at by this time blackball records we had left blackball we had changed our name to signature we Mm -hmm. were elite records and uh some things and they didn't help. They threw my big twenty fifth birthday party in mm-hmm. Houston and it right. was like this big deal and news mm-hmm. and all you know, all this stuff. And at the end of the day, for me, I knew this is all snatchable. Mm. We haven't had a big enough hit for this to be anything really to springboard me into a life. Facts. To a career. Mm-hmm. And I knew that at that age right. where my um my my group members didn't necessarily know. Mm. Well they check it. this is it. Check it. We coming from right. a different you know, background. Mm-hmm. I grew up under my mom wasn't the lead singer in at, at Southeast.
1: Right.
0: Everybody when they thought think Southeast, they think my Liberty, Yolanda Adams. Mm-hmm. They think Reese Joyner inspired me. They think these big names, mm-hmm. you know, uh Angela Bennett. They didn't think they didn't think that. And so, um am I doing it correctly? Just hitch the
2: bottom right here. Right
0: here. Gotcha. Go. So they didn't think <clears throat> that. So I, I understood my mom's mm, Choose my words correctly. <laughs> yeah. Her, her plight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of being in the shadows of that, but yeah. knowing that you're doing your part and, you know, to making that there would be no yeah. Southeast without right. the
2: choir. Correct.
0: But seeing <clears throat> what people can do and how that can work. I mm-hmm. understood her plight. Mm-hmm. Imagine having a son that triggers you in that space. You mm-hmm. know, I was, you know, they would. Oh, Brother Page is here to sing, mm-hmm. and my mom's last name is Curry, right. and my stepdad is Curry, you know, that <laughs> whole thing. And I even I went through the identity moment, like I mm-hmm. said, my stepdad came out came when I was three. Mm-hmm. So, I, I remember a time around 10, 11, wanting to change my last name to Curry. Really? And my grandmother told my mom, that's a man child, his name is what he has, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I was begging, because I, want, I wanted to be a part.
2: Interesting, because
0: it was a very weird thing of mm. when we go to churches and I had to sing, mm-hmm. and um,
2: but you do brother
0: Curry or <clears throat> brother Pay. What is right. it? You know yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, I knew these things. I kind of grew up in that world. I would already been signed once, and that it fell through. So I had to. Oh, mm-hmm. we made it. We made it, and then
2: mm-hmm. and you had to go back home.
0: You know. Yeah. So with the group, I was very much all full steam ahead. Right. So much so that I. Uh, changed my voice changed during that time that's Mm. how I developed this signature raspy thing Mm -hmm. I developed a vocal cyst on my left vocal cord Mm. Um, that's how the ras happened and the solution was to either have surgery or to practice some things that would allow me to manage
1: Mm. and I
0: chose to manage because the fear was if I had surgery I would never speak again Mm. and so it became a thing I remember it being a joke at first Mm. I remembered uh, the devastation of it, thinking that oh well, shit, that's it, yeah. and so I did develop. What's the skill set? I didn't even to. I didn't grow up thinking oh I'm cute or attractive, mm-hmm. sexy or any of that, mm-hmm. uh, because that's just not what my family was about. <laughs> it wasn't until I got there and they were like oh you got abs. Take your shirt off, exactly. you know. My mom was like, you're skinny, you're supposed to have abs. That's what skinny people have. You know, so uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't this thing that I did. They didn't so, realize
2: this work still. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and people didn't realize it, but you know, but but it's interesting because a lot of times people see my brand and things like mm-hmm. that and they, they believe you're right. Hollywood or you think you the shit or you think that you, you're attractive or you right. think you, and I'm like, no, nah, I just think I'm talented and I think that I wanna <laughs> do work in my passion, exactly, you know. Exactly. And I've been close enough to always work in my passion, so that's really what it is. But mm-hmm. People are going to apply whatever their perception is to you. <clears throat> right. You know, and so uh I realized I couldn't control it, but I could help navigate it as far as my presentation was concerned. What you couldn't say was that I wasn't good. Right. And so that's why I wanted to present good all the time. And so uh the group that that happened, um we ended up breaking up. What year are we in about? Um, two
2: thousand and four, five. Okay. It's funny because sometimes when I maybe six, like you came in earlier today and I was listening to some of your music on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Some of that music to me sounds like as if it's back then. It is. It still has an older feel to it. If you will, like the influence still feels like the nineties. Interesting. You
0: love that particular project. (laughs) Think deep reloaded Mm -hmm. was an answer to the need that I had Mm. For myself and the response to some of my fan base yeah. I had never released a full album right. so imagine I started off as a solo artist then I'd be joined this group and yeah so y'all seeing me more and the group right. is doing things but the solo part was never fulfilled and then when I broke up with the group and I came back you're just to taking Houston, a verse here and a
2: verse there with yeah the group
0: you know and I was doing <laughs> a lot I was writing 60% of the songs <laughs> um, I developed the, the system of my vocal cord because I was in the studio all the time yeah. and singing hard. And they sung differently. My group members uh, were big fans of Jodeci. Mm. I loved Jodeci, but I couldn't be as big of a fan because I couldn't listen to Jodeci growing up. Mm. I got into it later. Mm. I was more of a Drew Hill fan. And, um... You know them being New York cats, they was like, "Yo, let's go on the subway and sing." I'm like, "Why? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's loud.
0: What you mean?" <laughs> Man, they was like, "Yeah, check, j- j- That make your voice brolic." I was <laughs> like, "What brolic?" You know. And so there's a lot of East Coast nuances right, that are yeah. still on me. <laughs> you know, I can't stop saying "Yo" for 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 That's nothing. Hilarious. But I never picked up the mother. My mm-hmm. mother, "Yo, let's go see my mother." Yeah. And um, but it was dope. Uh, New York grew me up. Mm-hmm. It taught me grind uh I say that I got my business sense there was just the energy in New York especially during that time right. the early 2000s that mm-hmm. you had to get it. everybody was singing groups were singing on corner uh mm-hmm. I went I never forget I went to go meet um a group member DeJuan and he said let's go pick up Flip he hmm. was like all right cool so I get there and um he said in the projects and um I had never seen this in person you mm-hmm. know and so uh I came and he he came down and I'm walking to the park and I'm like yeah let's go pick up Flip and he's like nigga we about to walk I was like wait we walking to go
2: pick up somebody what's he gonna get out of our back in the project yo like the culture was just different (laughs) and we walked
0: Mad for her to go get Flip, and we got to outside of Flip's house. It was on the other side of Harlem, and he was wow. like, "Yo, Flipo!" Flip came down, and we turned around and walked back. I was pissed. Wow. I had never experienced anything like <laughs> that. <laughs> what y'all mean that they be going to go see go to train? <laughs> like I'm ashamed. Y- we're asking for my- y'all, you know. So it was just <clears throat> a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I've been signed before, I still had a discipline in the studio that wasn't there necessarily, right. and uh, with the others, and so I I had a passion I was able to sit with a legend in the industry engineer his name is Earl Cohen Mm. and he had worked on sessions with Michael Jackson and things and so he explained a lot to me I understood Uh, vocal stacking and Pro Tools was kind of newer at that time and so he was very geeked and excited about Pro Tools ability to have with just a plug in Mm -hmm. something that used to take him an hour to set up to try to get that sound created for sessions that he did with some of those legends back Mm -hmm. in the day so it was just great Um, education time but it wasn't the time
2: so you'd be the one hanging in the studio with him until late and everybody else left
0: Oh, gone. Yeah. Or asleep. They right. just fell asleep exactly. and they're mad at me because we haven't, yo, deep. we haven't eaten. I'm like, yo, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> get, get some food. Order
2: it, you know. Exactly.
0: Because at the time, you know, that's what you did. You mm-hmm. didn't, everybody didn't have home studios. Right. You recorded there. You know, our first uh, or second project, we were recording at Sean King Studios mm-hmm. and across the hall was Ella Cool J mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, the girl that they brought in to work with our group, Emil Harris, she wrote Love Don't Cost a Thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was just a very much thing of, it wasn't considered name dropping. Then mm-hmm. you was just if you were signed and you worked in the industry, we were all around each other because of what was there. So there was a natural comp- competition. Mm-hmm. Strive for excellence and work hard you know, that was going on. <laughs> Excuse me.
2: Let me ask you a quick question. So <clears throat> now it's been a couple of years since making the band was on, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking about making the band <clears throat> the other day and I never forget. I'm thinking about making the band. And I'm thinking about, um, TLC, mm. right? Cause we know what happened to them. Yes, we do. <clears throat> so here's the interesting thing. I never forget. I don't th- want to say it was season two with, there was a day 26. Is that who mm-hmm, it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, I may not get all my things right but this is in general mm-hmm. so <clears throat> they came back season two and the, they opened it up on the recap of what happened over right and now they're catching up with the guys now and, so, and all of them are complaining about that they have this number three record or whatever it was <clears throat> and nobody has any money mm-hmm. and et cetera et cetera and of course that season they put them in some big fancy <clears throat> you know condo house or penthouse or whatever it was I would be the one going I don't need the penthouse mm. You feel me? Just hear me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Because you know yeah. every dime, all that session time, they're taking it right out of what you just did. To you, it's like, wow, we're living it up. We get to stay here. We get to do this. And they're taking all that. And I'm telling you from somebody who's been on tour with rappers himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know what it's like. And people are like, you have this much per diem. Yeah. Or... You, the big rapper, the star, and you just keep doing what you want to do, not even realize it's coming back. I would like, say, I don't think
0: they know. <clears throat> I don't think that you know. There's no meeting. There's no education if Mm. you're talented. The whole thing, especially during that time, was get signed. And you trust that if you did your due diligence on preparing and honing the craft, that they were doing their part on fixing the uh, handling the business. I just went down a rabbit hole last night watching Drew Hill because they did Mm. their reunion performance, which they absolutely murked and killed. Mm. Cyborg, I'm excited about R&B men showing up (laughs) in excellence because it seems that there has been a turn away from men representing an excellence in music. It's almost as though when hip-hop eclipsed the popularity of the R&B star, that mm-hmm. R&B artists put down that particular thing and start trying to be more like what they saw the hip-hop artists doing because they figured that was success. Mm-hmm. And so practice and you know all these different things kind of went out the thing. So just shout out to Usher on his, mm-hmm. his joint on Tiny Desk because he killed. And uh, Drew Hill's reunion was amazing. I don't know if you saw it, but mm-hmm. you, you have to look it up. They just did it, mm-hmm. I think it was about a week or so ago. <laughs> but anyway, I will say this part of that is also perception right. sales and the success of a brand is all about perception and the hardest thing about it is an act is an act whether it's a group or a solo person right. so the act gets a booking fee the act right. gets a deal
1: mm-hmm.
0: how many people you have involved with that is that's on y'all right. you know you splitting that you know uh, ask boys to me and ask CLC mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> for us specifically when we did 106 and Park so when I got to new york and joined with this group and they were looking for i slept on a double match uh air bed double dicker air bed mm-hmm. mattress thing when i first got there for about a month mm-hmm. in the living room of one of the label owners apartments mm-hmm. waking up with his daughter playing in my face and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and it was fine because this is the grind right, right. and as we started <laughs> getting the backing from the labels and was shopping the group they were shopping the group
1: mm-hmm.
0: for that label to be underwritten by a major and uh, when they start talking to me, I had already been signed. So my lawyer that I had before, Brendetta Payne, came along with me uh, for the group. Mm-hmm. So she looked out for us. So mm-hmm. thankfully when I left with that group, mm-hmm. when we finished, I didn't owe nobody nothing.
1: That's
2: good. Amen. That's good, okay. like <laughs> a 99% of another person. You feel what I'm saying?
0: <clears throat> but what, was, <clears throat> what I did learn about that was perception. Yeah. and um, how it was necessary. Mm. Uh, 106 in Park happened because of perception and because of relationships. We didn't audition to get on here. Mm-hmm. You know, There was these things, these relationships that were in place. But I recall after 106 in Park when one of my group members went back. So all three of my group members grew up in the projects, right. but uh, went back home and he came back and one of the people that he knew mm-hmm. had jacked him for his shoes. Yeah. And not no mask, just like, yo... Well, what had happened, I had, I was the only one with a driver's license in New York, they didn't drive, yeah, so they driving. had IDs, I had a driver's license. <laughs> so I had some benefits just because I'm from the south, yeah. I had a driver's license, you, dro- you start driving.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, and especially for me, my mom was like, you got rehearsal, you got audition, you got, you're gonna drive, <laughs> you know. So I, uh, I was driving a Porsche Cayenne, and I went to go pick up my group member, and uh, Cartier, and, um, or drop them off or something, I don't know, but anyway, they had saw. Mm. you on TV, you got Porsches coming through and picking up and so there was this idea of money so then it was necessary to move Right. you know I understood why they needed to be away from
2: understood it. and, and <clears throat> I'm talking about do I need the penthouse? That part now that's a whole other thing <laughs> now, now, now mind you they just went over the fact that there's five or six of them and how they all didn't make any money yeah. and yet season two or three or whatever fuck mm-hmm. they're talking about putting us up in this thing which they know they're gonna dog them for and get me in, the, in the end anyway so yeah. i'll be like look i get this is tv and mm-hmm. you want the perception to be whatever mm-hmm. just put us in a couple doors down now honestly <laughs> you know, and for me i I, mm-hmm.
0: I don't know their details i would think that though that that was something production covered, not from their deal i mean mm-hmm. maybe which is why i think because when it you know, when the cameras go off, and mm-hmm. then the reality of it is, once the season is over, okay, y'all got to move, right? Because that was the production thing. So Correct. you definitely didn't pay, pay for it, but you paying for it psychologically.
2: I'm also thinking about in general. <clears throat> so a lot of times, uh, 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 a, re- a record company will get you a house, yes, or some shit sort to of get you a car, but it, it ain't coupable. fully in your name. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I'm. That's kind of where I'm going. Well,
0: because the Porsche wasn't mine, okay. technically, right? You know what i mean mm-hmm. the uh the and the money that I did have I was savvy in the idea that I didn't take uh and so subsequently the group didn't take a a major advance. we took our advance and had it split up into paychecks okay that happened uh, but you still don't think yeah you know, and especially when you're doing the things i mean.
1: We, it's going we it's partying the, with the machine Fox. is going the we machine gone. is moving fast
0: this is it I'm on TV and <clears throat> right. we've been flown here and Blue right. Williams is this and this and that and right. I'm on red carpets with these people and these artists know who mm-hmm. I am and you know you think
2: it's never going to stop too
0: yeah, yeah that you just I just have to be savvy and go to the next thing and, and then you push and really just had this one hit mm-hmm you know, and so uh, needless to say, that did not happen. Got some buzz, some notoriety, some footing in the industry, and I had to go back home, and I was embarrassed based mm-hmm. off of what you were talking I'm about. Exactly, talking about. I was just like, oh <coughs> shit, and I moved into this home that my mom, them, the child, my childhood childhood home. I think she still owned it at the time, mm-hmm. her and my dad, but they were renting it out. And I moved into this house that I had never lived in, mm-hmm. you know. And my stepdad, who you last time I lived with y'all, you put me out. Right. we didn't talk for a few years mm. you know and so there was a lot psychologically I had to overcome with sure. with that my little sister and the, I'm upstairs and I'm just like what just happened
2: mm.
0: you know and so mm. um, I stayed there for some months uh,
2: everybody running to you what happened where you at I thought you made they it they ain't run to me because I wasn't <laughs> gonna go
0: on nowhere
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag depression, you right? You <laughs> so, And didn't even realize it,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, because it was a thing, you know. I started that um, city notoriety going to, when I would come into town and restaurants and people knew who I was yeah. and was comping drinks and meals and those type of things. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started working for a nonprofit organization there as, and it was loosely tied into the entertainment, but it's what honed my gift in the business of it mm. uh, because I started working In uh, I was a program coordinator and I learned how to do grant writing and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff, and did an obesity conference there and some different things. Mm -hmm. And uh, until I said okay, Houston is not it, and I'm ready to get back. And so, LA was my first move that I was not supported
2: Hmm.
0: financially by the Hmm. undergirding of a label.
2: What what made you finally decide I gotta go to LA?
0: I couldn't afford New York, (laughs) (laughs) and I was not gonna do New York any other way than I did it before, but I did New York ridiculously. (laughs) <laughs> lavish the label took care of me because i had some demands and my lawyer was very. Exactly. this is what he's used to we're not going on exactly. this and um you know so shout out to brendetta thank you <laughs> it was a great time but um i, I it was la or new york yeah. and i couldn't afford new york la i knew that i had my grandmother Oma yeah. was here yeah. some other Where's she at? Where's she at? she's season now that's the one that's uh passed at the top of the pandemic
2: where was she at? I mean what what part of the town did she live in?
0: Like uh <coughs> it's called Morningside Circle now. But over off in between Florence okay. and Manchester okay. and mm-hmm. between Crenshaw and Western, that, okay. that grid. Okay. So South LA. All right, got it. And uh not far from the forum mm-hmm. over there. And so uh and I remembered, you know, Is That
2: Inglewood, I guess. Maybe not not okay. very close like okay. if you spit adjacent if, if you shit. spit the <laughs> spit there is a big you're close to it you know got it got
0: it but yeah so and that's how I learned I, I remember when I crossed Kappa I wasn't even living here yet I crossed mm. Kappa and I, would, I was coming visit her and I was there and I was wearing my Kappa stuff and I walked <laughs> to this ice cream stand on the corner called Gwen's mm. it's not there anymore and um I had on my little Kappa gear and this car pulls up and the dude uh-huh. and the passenger passenger side looked double did a double take mm I'm ordering an ice, uh, ice cream cone. <laughs> 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 and he looked and he hit the driver and the driver looked like, yo. And I heard my Oma, oh, my, uh-uh, Mm-mm. that's mine. that's mine. LaDong, get your ass over here, Mm-mm. And they was like, all right, miss Page. Oma was a G. Mm.
2: So hey, brother, they you don't need to wear that red over here. That yeah, this yeah. ain't this.
0: I didn't know. Right. yeah. I never, I didn't grow up in that in Houston. Mm -hmm. The the closest I come to that was watching TV, Mm -hmm. you know, and so California was almost this, I I would venture to say TV land. New York and Cali was very TV for us in the South, yeah. because a lot of the stuff that we saw happened, the Biggie and Tupac stuff, we didn't understand it, we saw it, it was mm-hmm. big enough for us to know what was happening, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hearing about the riots, and Rodney King, you know, <laughs> just but it was very much, and then we were all fans of Friday, the movie, mm-hmm. so it was like, yo, that's LA, you know, mm-hmm. you know. so you, you really didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that was my first experience of getting, being banged on, I didn't know, I, I, I didn't get banged on again until probably 10 years later, and that was com- comedy. Um, it is was, it
2: ever comedy I, I was like wait what is happening I didn't know <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
0: Again just naive But all that to say That's what took me around That's what, that's what took me around just the journey Nothing right. has happened since though it, it was the journey when I got here see,
2: <clears throat> that's, a, that's a problem I have with The kids today mm-hmm. Is and I'm talking about the gang gangbangers mm-hmm. in particular mm-hmm. <clears throat> So uh, Here's an example So I was shooting this pilot a few years ago and we decided to use my Gran Torino Mm -hmm. as the car, the prop car, right? Come on, Gran Torino. So it's been in probably like five or six different projects. But this one, it was like, you know, the main lead character's driving my car. Well, they wanted to do this B-roll of us driving through, like, the hood and some other shit, and I was like, I'm not driving my car. And I was going to be driving, and they were going to, you know, have the camera stuff. I was like, I'm not driving my car through the hood. (laughs) I don't hardly go past fucking LeBrea. See, What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What? do I, girl?" They didn't understand, And mm-hmm. I said, "Y'all don't get it. Guys my age know that that's startskin Hutchcock. Kids who are 20 and below you know what i mean they just see a red car with a nigga driving the car excuse my yeah, phrase yeah they think i'm banging yeah they have no idea that that is not cop car right <laughs> from right. the 70s right right and i look like some that's why i don't play no hip-hop in that car yeah i only play reggae and ska music so you can show and, and funk and that's it <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah period because i'm not trying to draw a certain attention to myself Facts. in that type of way so and i didn't and, know the grid <clears throat> Right.
0: I just knew that Omar's house is over here, <laughs> this is where I go, right. uh, I dated a chick when I first moved here that was living in um, uh, Compton, mm. I didn't know, I would go over there like nothing, after, I, I <laughs> want to say like three months in my cousin who was living off a of dinker was like mm. yo cuz where you say you was at yesterday, I was like yo I was over there uh, <laughs> at night, I was like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Are crazy? Right, right, right. You know,
0: I just didn't know, right. you know,
2: I got it now. <laughs>
0: but I didn't know, so it's my favor and protection. That's
2: funny, it takes you a minute. It
0: takes you a while, but I was so very protected and very, very favored mm. in that particular space. Right,
2: that's you know, funny. So. Welcome to LA. <clears throat> that's funny. Um, so, you finally get to LA. Uh-huh. Um, so, did you come here to focus on your music? Or at that point, were you like, maybe I can do some acting and stuff too? Or what, what were you thinking at the time?
0: I had done a couple of commercials. Um, I knew that was a thing out out mm-hmm. here, but I wanted to do my music. Mm-hmm. Music was what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was gonna find another deal because at that point I felt like there's no other way to do music. I've been I'm used to being a signed artist. Right. And so <laughs> I came here and I started uh doing a few things. I have uh my god brother, Omari White, was playing for Nisa and Stewart at the time and Jamie Foxx had the um Fox Hall yeah. over at Conga Room and that was going on and I met of course before I met connections. So they would tell me about people that were here in LA that uh they introduced me to um another blue, but he wasn't Blue Williams, but Blue was doing shows around town. Hmm. It was like, yeah, okay, some you know, they called me and said you can sing. Come come up here to my show. Just come come hang with us. Hmm. And I get there like, okay, so we got somebody to say that can sing. Get up here. You know, uh, that kind of thing. You know, so that kind that's of That's like be I was like, okay. <laughs> Over there Boarders in Hollywood my mm-hmm. first performance. And then um I met people. I met Evan Lionel Mm-hmm. Who uh, brought me in to do uh, Webers, and that's when the comedy comedians were doing shows with R&B artists, right. and so that was happening, and just performing, and so it was kind of like in my mind, you paid your dues across the country, but you got to pay your dues here. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I knew people already because, like I said, the label was just throwing money, and we were where we were yeah. supposed to be. So I, I knew artists mm-hmm. out here that were working,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's very interesting when you're out of town. <coughs> coming into these cities and they'll you know get here you need to just get here and you get there and it's Mm -hmm. like now what and there's nothing I saw (laughs) those (laughs) people and worked (laughs) and and hung with those people much more before (laughs) I moved here than (laughs) I did
2: since I've been here
0: to (laughs) date but um yeah it was just a slow slow burn I uh I owed a big I owe a big 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 thank you to Jill Scott Mm. she um allowed me the opportunity to be in her music video with mm-hmm. uh her and M anthony hamilton so in love
1: mm-hmm. right
0: and i enjoyed set i said oh that's cool that's that's real cool mm-hmm. And of course, uh, the way that my life would happen is that every year, at that time, probably every other year, something major would happen mm-hmm. that that's good got odds. a lot of visitors. That's good odds. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it really was. Yeah, really, most really people, was.
2: five years,
0: and that's every five years. Every five, okay. yeah. every year to every two <laughs> Mine years is max. is every three. I, I want my year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 keep that keep happening. That that, <laughs> yeah, you know? But yeah, and, and so that kept the dream alive for me, but that kept the support of the dream alive for all the people back in Houston Mm -hmm. and and, uh, my support in Atlanta and LA and things like that. I built the Atlanta relationships because that's where our lawyer, Blue, was stationed. Mm -hmm. And so we would go out there a lot to do some work and things like Mm -hmm. that. But the thing about my career type was (laughs) industry work. I knew a lot of industry people, not necessarily the the general public. Mm they would see me but not really you know so as the internet and social media became a thing that was a very big challenge for us um artists that grew up in a time where the work was behind the scenes right. at that time the more private the more elusive you were the mm-hmm. bigger success you were yeah. and so there's this shift and I was like huh they want to know what I'm eating today
2: exactly get on there and say hi watch. come to the show
0: you know that kind of thing you know so it's a learning curve and a lot, a lot of peers let me couch. let me
2: ask you a question so one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. that I listen to is a show called and the writer is okay and you need to get in on it if you ain't on it now. Okay. And it's with uh, Ross Golan. He's a big songwriter. He wrote like, Welcome to my... Oh, you wrote that song? Mm. Bunch of songs. Big, Mm -hmm. big Where He interviews everybody. And it's about how they write the songs and who the people are. Dope. You know what I mean? Country singers. I mean, everybody is on this show.
0: And the writer is. And the writer is so
2: dope. And the reason I was asking, so he talks about how uh, uh, you, like he'll interview you for example And you'll talk about how you You know went through your thing And you moved to LA And eventually you started doing the sessions mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know what I mean Where you just be in writer sessions And traveling mm-hmm. here You go to Nashville And try to write something Whatever mm-hmm. Are you in any of those Or have you been in those sessions And Because I, I think you're a dope writer And I think you're fast
0: I used to be. That's yeah. what honed the gift. When yeah. I got with, uh, I owe a lot of that to Emil Harris. Mm-hmm. So when I was in New York, and we, she's a she's a church kid too. Mm-hmm. She was uh, out and working with John P. Key, I believe. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, my family is this and this and that. And we was like, you know, we just kind of kicked it. Right. And so um she was responsible for me not getting consumed and just being oh you assigned artists in New York. You need to get out here if you really want to experience in New York. I missed a lot of time in New York because I was in the studio my own studio session. Mm-hmm. I was with my group out, you know right. and she was like, You need to come and get in this city, mm-hmm. Jack. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And I would go over there and um she put me in some rooms and so I, mm-hmm. I was able to start understanding what's the writing process from the space of uh here's a topic. Right. Here's a track. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's not a track. Just all these different scenarios Mm -hmm. and having to speed up. And um, I was able to meet a lot of writers, Chanel Red and some different people that I was thrown in and able to just come in. But because of my my mom, again, everything full circle, mm-hmm. my mom would call me and say, the theme of the song for the convention, for PhD convention this year is hardhead. <laughs> mom, like, why you waking me up with this? Bye. <laughs> and then I couldn't sleep, and i wake up, i call her back, I got the song, train up a child, the way he should go. you know. And now I then wrote the theme song for that right, year. Right. So it, it kind of prepped me for fast writing.
1: Right.
0: Um, but what also started happening was there was a shift in the type of writing that we did. That was more geared to is it a radio hit?
2: Yeah, that's that's is it sellable? Yes, that's the you big know. Yes. So
0: then you start <clears throat> unlearning. You 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 kind of go from just the place of like authentic writing to strategic writing. Yeah, and then you know we went and saw the phase of artists saying, uh, "Do you remember during that time they had a who's looking list? <laughs> and you would go into these sessions and they would say, "Okay, here's the who's looking list." And you get a list of artists yeah. Keith Urban
2: is looking for a Listen, new- one. right. So they want a song, <laughs> and this one is about bugs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but leave the second verse open, because they want in on the publishing. <clears throat> there you go.
2: And you know they do.
0: That part. Exactly. So you, you kind of learned it, but by the time I got to L.A., no, not so much. It slowed down. I did much more of that in New York. When I got to L.A., that was the first time that I was no longer as relevant in the game, because L.A. has a culture of runs was a lot. Hmm. Um, what do you mean
2: when you say runs in the context?
0: Um, vocal runs. Oh, vocal.
2: Run, okay, vocal runs. And that's runs what I thought you were out talking, here. Wasn't mm-hmm. yeah.
0: um, <clears throat> raspy voices was not necessarily the thing. It's not necessarily the thing mm-hmm. out here because that it's not common. Right. Um, and a lot, I say them first too, just to go put myself mm-hmm. out there before I boom my friends because I love y'all. <laughs> but a lot of them they sung background for other artists, right. and that just wasn't my career. Okay. And so when I got out here, I still was able to release a song. Mm-hmm. And go on tour nationally uh, with the promoters and stuff that I had met along the way. And like, oh, you got a new single out? All right, come on deep, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know. And so they they the question that would I would run into in L.A. was, well, who you out with? Mm-hmm. I'm like me. Who you out with? <laughs> out with me. <laughs> and that, and the honor of that was not right. the same. It didn't land the same. And um, that was a hard, hard, hard thing because everything about artistry changed Mm, for me and what I thought that I was doing I wasn't I didn't ever pursue artistry because I wanted popularity I pursued it because that's what I have a calling to do it's how I um my passion manifests itself
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I was always given a provision or a platform to do so my way right when I uh, came up with my name Deep, it was because I was uh, trying to disassociate from the shadow of Donald Page, which mm-hmm. my dad was Donald. Um, I had gotten older, they want to keep calling me Lil Don and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so it started doing Donald, but I didn't really resonate with the name. No. Um, and when I left, you know, when I got kicked out and so I had to leave the church and all that kind of stuff. I guess I didn't have to, but I did. That was the subsequent part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to be associated with Donald. It reminded me of everything that Houston mm-hmm. had represented for me at that time of you had restrictions. To re-in- reinvent yourself. I had kind of to reinvent myself. Pivot, pivot completely. Vibe yeah. yeah. magazine documented my name change. Uh, first time I was in Vibe magazine, I was Donald Page. The second time, I decided I wanted to be deep. Mm. I had found the uh, definition of deep was to divulge lower than the surface level of meaning, of understanding on any subject matter. Mm. And what I decided, that was my pact with God. God, mm. I promise I ain't no probate, reprobate <laughs> mine, and I, I, I'm i not the prodigal son, you know. Right. I go out there, I still love you, you know. And I got my first tattoo, and it was the Jesus thorns. <laughs> Everything said, not go to hell, but still be free. <laughs> that kind of thing. But um, uh, the second time I was in, in Vibe, it was deep, uh, uh, capital D or capital P, no space. And then I would still get introduced as D P. It was a capital D with a lowercase P the third time. Mm-hmm. I still get
1: D P. Because <laughs>
0: everything yeah. about me was just being creative. You right. know, I didn't want to just be D-E-E-P. Right. You know, so ultimately I, I landed with where well, I'm at you now. Yeah, the, the Latin Macron over the E. Yeah. Donald Pace, you know. So um the E is actually not my middle name. It's uh, not my my ex girlfriend used to call me Donald Eugene.
1: Oh, ah, okay. That's yeah, it.
0: Yeah my <laughs> name is
1: Lee <laughs> Get that. I always
0: thought it was an E Donald Lee Donald Lee no that yeah. part see y'all country Donald Lee Donald Lee that's what it was and I hated that and yeah. I'm like yeah so I can't I can't rock with that <laughs> that don't go with the brand but um, when I did that man like imagine yeah. that everything about art and creativity and presentation there for me had reached a level that if it was not on a certain level of excellence I didn't want to do it yeah. So <laughs> doing the little shows, and I would do them because I understood I loved to sing and I knew that I needed to quote unquote pay my dues, yeah. but I had done that already, but I was still doing them. So I did the shows at the GS Lounge, I did Webber's, I did um, Foxhole, I, you know, I did the things that you were supposed to do, but I always felt like, oh, I'm not being fulfilled creatively. Mm-hmm. And um, the acting kind of, it gave something else. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had to compromise in the acting world the video I, I became a male video vixen I guess I went from Jill Scott's thing you to know, um, shirt
2: all off all abs you know, all that's, in
0: that's your what, face. hey y'all want abs here they
2: are I have
0: seven and a half of look,
2: them you got five on it look uh, I
0: think I'm not a six six and a half ass there, but at the time seven and a half I never had the eight but um, you, can yeah. buy, you
2: can buy them on ebay hey that's can. what they
0: selling them It's a lot of things I can buy on ebay okay, anonymously <laughs> but um, yeah man it, it just that and I started feeling um, like I missed my time Mm. I started feeling like there was gonna be such a compromise for me to continue to pursue the solo career without um, in the way that I wanted to versus what I knew the industry had taken now to be successful Mm. there was certain content that you know it's very interesting I had this guy tell me um, probably last year or so he's like yeah all your songs talk about sex and I
2: was like which one it does seem like that though. I, I don't, don't have one I understand <laughs> well there's there's that one where you talk about oh I can't think about it cause
0: uh, I don't have one yeah you do I don't You're I have gonna. one now that's coming out but I don't <clears throat> something more I talk about a relationship that I don't that's want that's actually to. my favorite one I love something more I, it's haunted to me because I can't get rid of everybody keeps making me song, but that's what I'm talking about it's I need more that, than a lover more than a friend yeah it's, it's got sexy beat, you know what I mean LaJuan Samuels produced that
2: Right. I think that's probably why is a lot of the songs lead and you it's almost like you standing over somebody you know yeah doing that grinding that, that and has shit. more to do with your that's fantasy why. than me that, <laughs> that is your fantasy and not my reality <laughs> and i'm not gonna own people's perceptions I and stuff the video tape that's all i'm gonna say
0: <laughs> yeah i um i accepted that sex sells visually mm-hmm. but what i didn't want it to do was to um compromise what I did and so I started writing in a way that when you listen to my music it is designed I'm writing very from a clever space that would appeal to what people wanted and the, what the labels were asking me to do to be more sexy yeah. but it really wasn't talking about that I was hiding the medicine mm. but if you actually listen to the lyrics it don't I don't talk about sex
2: hmm. I thought there was one where you were talking about going down on some girl or something well, or? you never heard that yeah, I did it's in one of them songs the it's something. something find it I got the video tape. Find it and have me back <laughs> <laughs> You know But But, find that bitch, but the I
0: crazy it. part about it it, didn't <laughs> t- it took until Recently The past five years For me to be okay Talking about said, Like why not You having it mm. You having it So mm. what's up and, and I think it's because I didn't want To be restricted I started saying Early on That you know They, they were telling me Y'all Yo, you You talking too, too deep I'm like my name is deep You want me to talk Some shallow shit Like I don't understand <laughs> You know and um they wanted me to just shut up be sexy and sing you mm-hmm. know and that wasn't the brand otherwise i might as well work for somebody
2: let me, let me just ask you with <clears throat> how do you as an as an artist and as a songwriter as a producer how do you stay current to what's going on and keep that flavor of what you're talking about as an example you and i were talking offline about some of the new cats that are out today the little nas x's and all those people mm-hmm. the thing that i like about what some of these artists are doing, like Frank Ocean is one of my favorite, I think yes. he's just so dope.
0: He's super dope.
2: That Orange album is all fire to me. Agreed. Every single song is on <clears throat> Where I was going with that is um, what they found a way to do is to give you, it still sounds mainly Frank, uh, uh, it still sounds soulful and R&B-ish, but it's got a pop flair to it, mm-hmm. right? How do you, for yourself, keep that going where where you're probably more known for being more and B mm-hmm. as an example how do you start to add in some layers of what's going on today i'm just asking questions about it
0: very, very interesting <coughs> um well first let me say this frank can't sing like i, I sing that's number one but mm-hmm. i love frank as an artist because his voice lends him the ability to do so
1: mm-hmm. when it's i clean it's the clean, clean. Yep. so
0: when i come in <coughs> i sound like soul yes Totally. Period. Yes. Like, I sound yeah. like soul, yeah, so yeah. you can't take that away. So it's not to say one's better or, or not, in my opinion, but what it is, is um, it's kind of likened to Jasmine Sullivan, what took us so long to, to to really, really get on, because you can't just sing along with Jasmine. Right. You can't just sing along with a Fantasia. You but you know? know what's
2: funny? Your upper register, mm-hmm. you actually sound, sometimes to me, mm-hmm. on the Reloaded, you sound like jason derulo
0: mm-hmm.
2: and like usher at
0: times mm-hmm. you know uh, I mean? usher is a uh, influence
2: and it was something mm-hmm. that
0: i had to do i didn't ha- i don't not have the ability so right. the the assist on my vocal cord didn't stop my range okay. it just made people think that because you assume rasty singers don't have it and
2: mm-hmm. i do right um <coughs> you don't use it that often that's a, you use it when it's necessary when it's necessary because
0: yeah, yeah. who wants because then you set yourself up you mm-hmm. know no no shade to nobody but we got some of our favorite singers that cannot sing their own music now because yeah. everything was written at the top of, the, uh, That's true. of their they ability.
2: Or they did it with auto Well <laughs> and you don't realize that oh, part, they actually can sing. Yeah, they can so sing. we know somebody who had to do that, and, didn't And, 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 and
0: did that thing go. It's about working and it's about knowing intentionally. I wanted to be initially known as a singer, so it kept me in a trap of I'm not going to go... I'm not going to not come in and sing on this song until I have my my first hit Mm. where they can accept me in the class of singers and then I'll go and do these other things and so it kept me trapped Mm. Um, because you know we have this idea of what we think success should look like and what you want to (laughs) be known for or successful for.
2: You you, you were talking earlier about you know we know that there are certain songs that draw you to the fact that that should be a hit or not yeah you know sometimes you hear you saying that's a good song but it's not a hit yeah <clears throat> you know and I mean? and it's a lot more to it it
0: ain't right. necessarily the song now i understand that put some respect on mixing put mm. some respect on mastering put right. some respect on all of that the marketing of it mm. uh you know a lot of times people call the audience the programmable audience well what are they in tune to what can mm. you program you know what are your peers doing what's going on in the mm. world you know, and I and I teach my clients, I teach vocal lessons and artist development because mm-hmm. artist development in the urban uh, industry is is gone, is missing. We're the mm-hmm. only genre that does not prepare our artistry for stardom, right. our artists for stardom. Right. They don't, they don't get that anymore. We used to, right. and so when you look at what you want to be known for, and then again, let me rewind. I've been doing this well before Jason Derulo right. and Frank. Um, So I came up in a time that men were singing like that. For sure. That was what you did. You know, I'm I'm a fan of Tank and Dave Hollister Mm -hmm. and uh, Cisco. Yeah. And, you know, you know. And I hear all that. Ideal, 112. You know what I mean? These guys were singing. Mm -hmm. You know, Usher (coughs) was singing, you know, but they were really, they were doing those things and, and there was space for it. When the space changed, that didn't change uh, my favor on my work but yeah. it did change the results of it. Mm. I also put this out there, I had never until Red Light Part 2 mm-hmm. released any music, so Think Deep Reloaded, all of that music was mixed from a two track. Hmm. What that means is that it wasn't mixed correctly because it couldn't. <laughs> so you put that song, you play it with something that was mixed yeah. correctly, it sounds like oh a a reference session. You should go back and re-record this. Uh, Like I said, think Deep Reloaded was just the release of songs that people that were fans of my live show wanted to have, you know, and it was a fulfillment for me to just release. But those songs were old. They were dated. They were songs from my very beginning, early in my career. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, do those the full process. And then I didn't have the money to really do it correctly. Right. So then, by the time I did Red Light Part Two and I did Fall Back, I did both of those songs, what's considered the the proper way throughout okay. the whole process, mixed correctly, mastered correctly, mm-hmm. you know those things. And then this project that I'm working on, I'm working on a project called <coughs> Edibles in Elevation, mm-hmm. and it's my most free work because it's from it's it's away from the restrictions. I got into um, edibles when I moved to L. A. As a, as a raspy singer I'm like Well I'm not gonna do uh, I don't like to smoke I don't wanna mess up my voice um, And then I was terrified To do any other drug Cause I don't like to be Out of my mind like that And then I also saw Hashtag
2: Virgo ooh, ooh. <laughs> We're there <laughs> You know But you saw
0: the other artists I didn't wanna be You know We see so many greats Being taken by the drugs
2: mm-hmm. You know Dude, and So Go see Elvis That part Telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm torn I'm, I'm torn amazing. I wanna see it I wanna see Let it. me explain something to you <clears throat> Here's the lesson you learn mm-hmm. Now I wasn't always A big Elvis fan Okay Right And And Understanding Years later we un- The rumor is That he was racist And all that other stuff mm-hmm. You're gonna learn The truth in this movie Okay And what happened was The colonel Who was his manager Was the one who was like No you can't do that mm-hmm. No you can But I wanna go to Mahalia Jackson's funeral But I wanna go to Martin Lutz No nah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to play this, me- no. and I believe
1: that. I believe so
2: you'll that. see that, and you'll see that he actually grew up with nothing but black people. My compromise oh, is maybe me. I'll
0: see it on bootleg, dude. <laughs> go see. I'm gonna see it. Go see,
2: see it. the movie. It's it's probably, and sometimes you know you're in the mood for something, and it yeah. makes it better. The time that I saw we saw it last Saturday. Mm-hmm. It felt like the best biopic I'd ever seen in my life.
0: I want to see it. I, uh, it that I have a friend, yeah. Lanisha Randolph, on mm-hmm. the on the soundtrack. Um, so I definitely want to support her, but I, I, I'm a, I love music, and and you can't grow up in the South and not know who Elvis and be a fan, you know, because I started off like always oh, Elvis, you know, I felt how I felt later on once we started hearing the things, um, and, and 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 I would say my personal journey through music is what made me feel some kind of way as as well, not necessarily just Elvis, but just that we aren't allowed yeah. to do. What's true to us and authentic <clears throat> to us as, as artists, right. uh, and when I say we black men, mm-hmm. you know, black people, period, we're not allowed to just do that and get the support. We're often told that it's dead, R&B is dead, that the people don't want it, and then we look up and see our white counterparts do it. Oh, yeah, And that's a slap in the face. And then they'll come to us. Yeah to uh, sing background or come to the studio and vocal arranging and vocal development.
2: I I tease with my husband because we watch American Idol and all those shows Mm -hmm. and they will do that where somebody comes from the church and they do too many runs and they're like not so many runs and they're Mm -hmm. they're like taking the more pop or whatever and I tell Scott and then the white guy will go in and he'll do it and they'll love it and I'll say did (laughs) you see the difference there? I said the, dip, the only thing different is In our churches You could find one or two of them And damn near every church They can sing church. like that And like I said <clears throat> It's fascinating to us When we can see a white person Who could sing Or dance like that yeah. I still see something missing In most of those dancers I still see just one little They're dope as fuck But the rhythm isn't just Quite perfect Like there's something You know, you know, I mean? you know It's the difference Not,
0: being Influenced And that's something yeah. Being innate Yes You know um, I didn't have the formal training as a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the ensemble theater with uh mm-hmm. uh it was a thing that you did during the summertime, young performers. And I was there with people, uh, that were going to do some things. Uh you may have heard of Solange mm-hmm. and uh Miss Mikey became a host on Wano Park. Mm-hmm. But this is a time that during the summertime you got to come there and you did you 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 honed your craft in different disciplines. So this is right. my first time going to an actual dance class mm-hmm. and then to play the piano and then the acting class, that's when Mm -hmm. I first got the acting book uh, way back then. And there was something to natural talent Mm -hmm. in that way. And now when I look at it, I think that influence is definitely important to the continuation of craft and honoring skills and things like that. But if you're not allowing people that naturally have that Mm -hmm. to represent it, then it loses its sauce. Yeah. For Bottom sure. line, For it sure. loses its sauce and it loses its authenticity, and it becomes just the imitation thereof, as opposed to getting it from the
2: source. I was thinking about Johnny Gill. Mm-hmm. Some reason, when you were just talking a moment ago, <clears throat> he's one of those guys <laughs> to me had like one of the best voices back in the day, yeah, and who could run the fuck and do I mean, all of that, all of the tricks. I mm-hmm. mean, when he came in a new edition, it was like new edition, and Johnny. I mean, just like, a, and believe me, all of them could sing. Mm-hmm. But Johnny just took it all. whole... And they'll tell you Johnny mother. is Johnny. I mean, come on. <laughs> and so I was just thinking about him in the sense that where is his... Now he still does little shows and stuff, and new edition and all that stuff. But it's like, what happened to his career with that voice? Because I remember when I was growing up, I was I mean, if I could sing like that, mm-hmm. I'd be dangerous. That's
0: what everybody. saying. You know saying. what I'm saying? But with you being dangerous... It- Okay And we going there.
2: But I but never, okay. I also <laughs> come from musical theater So I know how to slow down the runs But that's what I'm saying But I want to be able to do them When I want to do them and, and that's the thing,
0: mm-hmm. but who is to say? We love to say when it doesn't threaten us that artists are able to be artists and authentic. <laughs> but then when we feel threatened, we feel some sort of kind of way. Now we say you're doing too much, and yeah, I just yeah. don't understand how the hell I'm doing too much because I felt <laughs> it, you know, in this place of woke. Well, you know, it's yeah. just very, very interesting, that's the control interesting. of it, yeah. you know, um, that somebody that does that naturally you know, uh, when I do a run, I'm not doing the, ooh, let me do this run to mm. show you I can. I'm doing that because I felt it there. Mm. And that's one of the things that I do teach my clients in the artist development and vocal space. <laughs> Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Why? And it's like adding the right inflection. Yeah. To it. And that's something that really can't be taught. Mm. I can't teach you the best place to do a run. That's your voice. That's, your, that's my voice. That's my passion. Mm-hmm. The run represents what I felt. Right. It wasn't necessarily because I was impressing you. It's what felt good to me. Right. And if that's authentic and what felt good to me, how the hell is it wrong? <laughs> Somebody help me. You know, I just got a question for the people in the, in the back, uh-huh. the people upstairs, you know, mm, love. You know, I just, just want to know, you know, but and, and I think that that's where we got into the slippery slope of things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those people that sung like that were dangerous mm-hmm. because they had a way, Uh, they have a way we have a way of impacting we have a way of pricking your soul you do have a way of making you feel things right um i have much more fan base in my live show than i did in my recording because i was stripping all of it away
2: oh, interesting.
0: Okay. and uh, authenticity sells period right. all day long but if you don't allow it to be there in the the art that you're creating be that in your writing mm-hmm. be that in your your singing your acting your dancing in other ways anything if the authentic truth is not there mm-hmm. it will not impact the masses we know when somebody's fake yeah, we know when somebody's trying mm-hmm. that's why you can say oh this it's something not right there mm-hmm. because we know learned versus right. this is what naturally comes out and so um, I had to take a step back man I sat down hmm. I stopped singing solo I stopped going to a lot of gigs I had did it I watched my peers start coming from the background and we were doing these things in reverse hmm. uh, so again like I said it wasn't no shade but when I got here they was like who you out with me and then I watched them start wanting to go out because then they start getting impacted. Their their livelihoods, when mm-hmm. their bosses would get pregnant or their bosses would get sick or they right. would die. Or
2: all that dependence on somebody. All that
0: dependence on somebody. <clears throat> so then they start trying to find who they were as an right. artist. Well, imagine me who was deading to work in this city. Right. And um,
2: But see, that goes back to all of your even as a child, as a teenager, all your producing Mm -hmm. you were doing in the choir, Mm -hmm. which had to get ready for Sunday. You had to organize, everybody dressing the same, Mm -hmm. setting the lights, organize, you know, all the logistics and all the line producing you had to do, so that when, God bless you now, when you go out on your tour, Mm -hmm. you don't need 70 people to do it. I don't. You can set it all up yourself. I can, but I don't want to. But you know my point, you know my (laughs) point.
0: Okay, you're right. And it was lessons I had
2: to learn. I I
0: literally, I remember, um, Jill Scott came out with Golden. Right. right. and it's some years ago. And uh, I was doing my little residencies around Houston mm-hmm. and uh I came back to Houston and um <laughs> I remembered the uh I had my background singers and and me and we all dyed our hair gold. <laughs> well blonde. That's funny for the show right. and it was fire it was dope the show yeah. was amazing but me just very spontaneous and artistic at that time I forgot that your hair's gonna be blonde for a while now yeah, i just, yeah, yeah. Like you're, thinking for the show but
2: nothing else your, <laughs> la- your label would never allow you to do it Listen, <laughs> never yes.
0: and I literally had to walk around with this hair <laughs>
2: <laughs> in Houston
0: in Houston the south <laughs> then who yes. we my uh, Cisco was doing this thing and they, he trying to be baby Cisco it was all yeah. of that um, but I remember when I got to church to sing that song day and uh one of the one of the girls she uh sung in the alto section and she stopped she said oh you're living your life like it's golden mm. and i was like mm. huh they about to try me and i had to lean in instantly with my decision to to do that
1: right.
0: but it also taught me that what you do will last and you can't control people's perception mm-hmm. you can't just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons which right. is cuz it feels right to you right. cuz if you anchor that thing in anybody else's their their reception to it or their approval of it yeah you in for
2: That's why I was telling this. you you know and I was being up front with you like it but those first you know 15 10 15 years when I moved here yeah I, w- I wouldn't go home unless I had something to tell them I had something to do Facts. you know what I mean like I was lost in that yeah. I got to prove something to everybody <clears throat> because I was in the back of the line until I did something Yeah. you know what I mean Yeah. and so I totally totally relate to like all of that I also relate to being the guy I told you we in my neighborhood and when I was 14 years old I'm walking around with I had a kid and play haircut before a kid and play ever even <laughs> existed mm-hmm, 84 mm-hmm. I had that cut I did it myself I believe it <clears throat> I have photos everywhere. I want to see them. Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> and so, and so what I'm saying is, um, but I was choosing to roll in who I felt to be. Yeah. And here's the irony of it all, is is in most movies, like the punk rock kids are like the outsider, weirdo, <clears throat> you know, druggy little kids. None of us did drugs in my group, mm-hmm. right? None of us drank. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of them eventually did. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Or two of them eventually. And then what happened was um, when I think about it now, like I just went back home last weekend. I went to go do this big shoot in Sacramento. So I stayed with my, old, my homeboys, one of my old rude boyfriends. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we were talking about this. And I said, and we were talking about the style and how we dressed and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, what's funny is to the outsider, we were a bunch of weirdos, but we to ourselves were the coolest things in the world. Facts. You feel me? And if you believe
1: it. (laughs) So I
2: relate to that is where I'm going, you know what I mean? Is that if you embrace that, Mm -hmm. other people will feel that and you can walk into a room I would go into the church With my fucking suit on With my black fingernails mm-hmm. My eyeliner <laughs> You know what I mean and what y'all what? what they gonna say I'm here <laughs> You know what I'm saying <laughs> But I was rolling in me Yeah And all they could do Was be like This nigga crazy But yeah. dang Yeah You know I yeah. wish I was that bold I started finding later on People were admiring me All those years mm-hmm. You know what I mean Even my my home My great member homeboys Are like dang man, I always wish I was like you man you could do your Free. thing about." You know what I mean So I know, I'm sure you get a lot of that I,
0: I get it It Cause that's what felt good yeah. and uh I, I couldn't as much at home that's why though it was a traumatic time uh you know i put myself through senior senior year right. you know and i've been on my own since then you know and and here's the thing me and my mom's relationship is amazing now she yeah. actually i she,
2: that's maturity she maturity. edited yep.
0: this book really? fall back to step up you know okay. so um but it is the maturity of it. Mm. But during that time, I was just so free. I felt like it needed to happen mm. for me to be able to live in, yeah, I die my hair blowing.
1: right
0: You know, if I did that at home, I would have gotten in trouble. Mm. I was still getting whoopings <laughs> at 16. <laughs> at 16. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You know, so, like, you know, my, my, my story is my story because mm. it's mine. But it's necessary, <laughs> right? But the thing about it is when I got to L.A., I think that's when I had—
2: Keep
0: oh, but when I got to LA, I think that that's when um, that's when it finally kind of the shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Like just all the pushing through, the the labels, the the breakup with the group, the separation from the family for a while, Correct. the church and all of that <laughs> stuff, and coming to LA and not having an undergirth thing and, and really having to do and experience what I saw other people talk about when they say the artists um starving artist moment Mm -hmm. Um, I experienced that in LA I experienced uh, some of my counterparts thinking that I was I thought I was Hollywood because I was already a solo artist and things like that so I wasn't getting the calls for the background and the session and this and this and that and I could do the things that they couldn't do I could read music Mm. Um, that's important that point I could read music I was teaching piano lessons Mm -hmm. you know Um, so those things kind of happened and so the acting world embraced me and, now, um, are
2: you still in that? Like you have an agent, you still going on to auditions? Like where are you at with that? I don't
0: that? go on my agents dropped the hell out I have a commercial <laughs> agent, but my theatrical agent dropped the hell out of me because as soon as we got on uh, first of all <laughs> he said, like,
2: what, happened was. what
0: happened was he was calling me for auditions and the music had picked back up oh. and I was gone. So yeah, you I, would've, know, I would've dropped you He was like, Okay, look. <laughs> and, um and he was really, really good. He got me into some auditions. I remember my first major audition with him which was probably my second audition he sent me out on mm-hmm. and i get to this uh i'm not gonna say the name i'll say but i get to this audition and the agent uh was there mm-hmm. and you know the person that's in there reading with you but the as casting director as uh, the casting director and mm-hmm. as i'm sitting in a waiting room mm-hmm. they come out and they open the door and there's this laugh going on and out walks jamie fox <laughs> 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 reading for the same damn part as it. me exactly. Shit, you know, right. this is my like second yeah. audition ever because right. uh, my career had been very much based off of my show up everywhere else was my audition, so I was getting called for things, nice. you know.
2: You're being brought in.
0: I was being brought in, mm-hmm. like, yo, come on, right. you available? Right. Yeah, let's go. Right. So this is my first like. Oh, you have an agent that sent you to go audition. Y'all want me to? Ch- mm-hmm. I can do it. I promise. You know that kind of right. thing. And I walks to me and I'm like that's like jamie Foxx, right. and he speaks good luck mm-hmm. and i go in and they're laughing at whatever joke he didn't made and i'm mm-hmm. like they're not even really paying attention and they're like <laughs> go ahead throw you out a- he's so <laughs> crazy you know exactly. they're going and i'm like oh. uh needless to say i did not get that part right. but i remembered then being excited about the work of it because i felt like that was an opportunity for me to prove myself um, and not to say that the acting world doesn't have its challenges, mm-hmm. but ultimately my <clears throat> uh, my theatrical agent dropped me because I wasn't available. Sure. Literally, I started doing the the music video things. I wanted to learn on uh, uh, on set. Uh, I was. Very close. I had gotten close to Alan Kenamar before he passed. He was mm-hmm. over at uh, Central Casting, and so he would say, "If you're not working, you know, and you want to work, do some standing work and learn on on the job. Let mm-hmm. me know." And he would get me in to do those things. And so I owe him a lot to what the technical training and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the music picked up. Literally, uh, I got the Beyonce call for Precious Lord at the Grammys. From that, that just opened some of those doors to the background singing world that I had never really, really embraced. Mm-hmm. I had done background singing in the gospel music industry mm-hmm. with your Kimber and things like that. That was more so Houston association family mm-hmm. thing. So they was able to bring me in. But when I got here, this was L.A. This is TV, mm-hmm. you know. And it's so the it's big, from, the it's big thing. So it's from from Grammys with her to ESPYS with Chance the Rapper, mm-hmm. and you know just. A whirlwind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've continued to work with B since then. Um, um, and then the contract. Y'all see
2: that? He called it B like that's his cousin. See Everybody called Beyonce B. See I'm talking about? Talking about, what I'm talking about like, Everybody you know, calls B B. What like you call called? She called him yesterday or some shit. What's up, girl? I mean, we share the same birthday, same city, all of us. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But um, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. But
0: um, consummate professional. Consummate. And uh, makes you work. Right. Makes you work to your, your next level and not because she's forcibly making you but because she is. She's working mm-hmm. that hard. You you want to.
1: Right.
0: Um and then um most recently with uh, Kanye West and the, the Sunday service thing mm-hmm. that happened and uh How how did
2: that come to you, can you say?
0: Uh I was called okay. for it, yeah. Um the original crew of people were called
2: mm-hmm.
0: when it started. I don't think we at the time knew that it was gonna be the thing that it became. Right. That wasn't necessarily the uh, journey. I watched the the uh, journey,
2: (laughs) the documentary about it. It was was fascinating. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's an interesting cat. He's an interesting cat. He
0: is. And I I learned a lot. Mm. I owe my experience, through my experience with Kanye, that helped me get back to a freer space of creativity.
1: Mm.
0: It's how I am able to record now and get out of my work on mine of professionalism. Out of Mm. what will sell. Mm -hmm. He don't give a damn. And to be honest, I'm in a place I don't give one either. I don't even think I have any to give. He goes with his instincts. His His instincts tip.
2: He's like, Y'all don't like Jesus Walking. I'm telling you. This is gonna be matter of fact. I'm gonna say it in a verse that y'all ain't gonna like. I promise you. (laughs) You And that's where I'm at. I mean,
0: this this music now, man, Edibles and Elevation by title along is already something that I know that my church world connections are gonna be like, ugh. And they already started, you know, when they read this book, Fall Back to Step Up. Actually, the whole when I finished uh, writing this, I spoke to one of my short book. It's a very short book. Mm -hmm. It's an easy read. But when I wrote the book, I sent it to one of my mentors, Marion Brooks. He's an author. And he said, you know, this is really, really dope. And your superpower is you. Hmm. People like you. And if I don't know you, I won't be able to get what I need to get from this. Hmm. so you should introduce yourself and so I went back and so now it's a part memoir part self-help book as opposed to it was just solely self-help but I share a lot of my stories a lot of my things actually the beginning of my life is depicted in this uh, in the forward you know and so uh, it's very transparent Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's leading up to the to the life book that'll come later on but it's um through my experience with under gaze ye's count and his, his example mm-hmm. of just transparent, authentic gut feeling, giving your all, putting your all into it, but then trusting that no matter what, mm-hmm. when you put it out there, as much as there are very loud naysayers, there are people, many more that are going to support it. While we were doing that Sunday service thing, because of me being connected to the church world, I heard a lot of people talking negatively at first. Mm until they thought that they can get connected to it and get a piece of it, <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, but there was, I saw, so I heard a lot of the talk, but I saw much more support that outweighed the, the numbers of the right. people that were talking. And right. then it just made me realize that negative talk is just very loud, but it doesn't mean that it's the common consensus that, or that it's the primary thought. It's just, just loud. It. people, Rappers
2: were dogging Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't change the fact it's worth a billion dollars. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Again, Mike, so it's still dope as fuck. Let them talk. Yes. Matter of fact, please talk. <laughs> talk about it. I make I make the joke every like six months or so that you know I don't I don't miss acting because mm-hmm. I get to it's an extension of what I do now and now mm-hmm. I get to hire people mm-hmm. to do stuff. <clears throat> but if I could be Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I do it or I could be um most deaf role and top dog. Mm. That those two roles are roles that I would go back to do.
0: I wanna do something. I I I'm more of a I wanna do like a, a scandal or or um euphoria. Okay. I hey, shoot um, that
2: here.
0: Well, okay. I mean you know the people holler at yeah, me. Zendaya
2: Girl. and them be down there. Yeah, y- I there. met
0: her dad, he's really, really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. Okay. Um yeah, I want to do that kind of stuff. I think that uh, there's a fulfillment for me in the music space mm-hmm. and this album being able to do it. Uh, I'm sinking all my money into it, but being able to do it without skipping right. uh, any type of steps, without leaning on favors, <laughs> without leaning on relationship. Because I think about relationships, it sounds good, mm-hmm. but people don't treat it with respect. Right you know relationships will like, to have them taking something they should have had done in 24 hours and it'd be two months and you're like yo you got my mix you
2: know <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I was thinking about is <clears throat> like I haven't had Levi on the show yet mm-hmm. uh, Levi, shout out to Levi we both what up Levi, Levi. Um, and mainly it's because and I've told him so I'm keeping it real with yeah. you I, I, I think every year he's getting better he just isn't at that level yet for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. he wins lots of awards That you know yeah Competitions I've never heard of, which is totally fine. Absolutely. It just isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so what I was just thinking about is, it's probably time for you to take a couple grand, write a little something short to show people that you still are an actor. Exactly. You know what I mean? And just prove yourself again. Maybe it's time to get yourself another rep. You know who knows, Absolutely. but uh, unless you're planning to just focus on the music because your new album's coming out. But.
0: Well, the the music that it's, it's all about design. So I'm working on a short film that's going to that follows the Ford. Okay. And so I have a, a writer <clears throat> by the name of uh, Corey Emanuel. Okay. He wrote a short film f- uh, based off of my story, mm-hmm. um, and this Ford, and so that will open up that opportunity. There is a short um, didn't get a lot of publicity called This Side Up. And now it was my first lead mm-hmm. in uh rolling. It was uh, I was played a slave. It's mm-hmm. a true story. Uh Henry Box Brown. And I was able to just strip it down. Funny, at the same time of me feeling, filming that in LA, I was a uh, Chippendale in <laughs> in Vegas. So Of course you were. I was being <clears throat> like lusted after doing the weekend driving to, to LA to uh film this this grungy yeah. slave that mailed himself to freedom mm. and um, I had so much just I have so much respect to the craft of it the way that I was able to uh just disappear into the acting the way that I was able to the feeling that I had just being able to sell out, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's something that I feel like. Let in, go. It, yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's something that in music you don't get a lot of opportunities to do that until that one moment that you're mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. And so um, I told my mom, I was like, yo, for the first time acting is like, that passion is, I mean, it's rival music for me. Mm-hmm. You That's know, uh, the, the, the <laughs> music deserves it because of my commitment to it over the yeah. years. It sure. deserves
2: my full
1: passion Let me, let me just it.
2: ask you this then. You clearly, at almost Mm forty, are still at a place where you still feel like I'm still have it. Yeah, I could still be solo because I'm the shit. Let me me defend (laughs) it. Because usually by your age, most people are like, okay, I'm just going to be a songwriter. Yeah, I'm going to be a producer, whatever. Is there a world where you see that pivoting for yourself, or is it because you still feel like I'm still that dope?
0: I think people abandon that dream because they, they want that goal based off of some type of financial or status return. Right. I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, I deserve to put out a body of work the way that I know how to. Mm-hmm. I deserve to do the very thing that I demand of my <laughs> students and my clients. Labels bring me in to develop their clients, mm-hmm. and um, I deserve to do that for myself. Yeah. There is a uh, one of my clients, one of my favorites, I'll say it, uh, T-Mar. Okay. Um, Promote them. Yeah, she signed to Issa Rae's label. Mm-hmm. She was the first artist signed to Issa Rae's label, doing very, very well, but I've been with T, um, the vocal Culture and artist development, track with her prior to those signings and you know still to this day we are uh in tandem and um but I hadn't done that for myself and the best way to really be able to show people is to to have the product and so when I looked up and said you know deep you don't have a project out that you would say yeah that may not have charted or that may not have been platinum but it could have been right And so what I can't ever guarantee is what result will come out from doing and giving your all. But I can show you what product can come out of doing your all. And that's what that's about. This is just a fulfillment of purpose. Also, my brothers, my counterparts, they're not talking about what I'm talking about. We're talking about uh, love don't live here anymore Mm -hmm. and how that isn't a sad thing. We're talking about hoods off, which takes a talks mm-hmm. about us being able to visibly see racism, and it's no long, we You're not hiding. We see who you are. Right. You've taken the hood off. We're talking about uh, I'm me, which talks about being transparent about who you are, mm-hmm. no matter what. It actually the lines in the song says to the weirdo, to the outcast, to all of us, to the LGBTQIA LMNOP, mm-hmm. all of that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all <laughs> of that. You know, we, it, you know, this project. <laughs> does not it is the next step to the transparency and fall back mm-hmm. and then the completion of that i believe frees me
2: to go into the acting space okay that's what's up. That? cool well i'm gonna I'm, I'm drop it on that note that's a good note <laughs> a, i want to say this though i want to say this though um <clears throat> shout out to you for those of you who don't know i haven't i haven't played your your theme song in a while but I started playing it oh, last yeah. week so Deep did my first theme song for the show yeah. Um, and it's back on I'm probably going to play it for a while I love it just so you know and I, I want to say <clears throat> we were talking about doing this theme song I gave you a couple like words yeah like Like uh, uh, grown shit and all the whatever something, and and a couple just you know keywords and you took it and turned it into this song. It it was like less than a week. Mm -hmm. It was quick. I I recorded it in in my
0: apartment on the
2: laptop. Exactly, but it's dope. And and that's what that was the thing that showed me that you are definitely somebody who could write a song fast and it's catchy. So I know you can write a hit. Mm-hmm. If you want to. Mm-hmm. And I wanna see you write a hit. I got something that, for you. <laughs> because they, there's a couple even some of your other stuff, like celebrate, I think could have been a hit. Um I, I think you were saying something about if they would have mixed it a different way mm-hmm. or whatever. It was still jamming to me when I'm hearing a <laughs> thing. And I told you my favorite still is uh, something more. That should have just the jam.
0: I can't <clears> live <throat> something more down. <laughs> <laughs> I can not well,
2: And I hadn't been
0: through that and when I was uh, writing those songs a lot of times I wanted to go to people that people you know Virgo people come yeah. to and talk to you about and so um, I'll protect you but you'll end up in the song <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you are but uh, unless I want you to exactly, I have an experience a few experiences that ended up on this project but <laughs> something more was just something that I, I it was really me saying what I didn't want not because I had experienced it but because right. I saw that and I saw people just unhappy and these things that they these commitments these relationships yeah. these things that they're pursuing friends and I was like yeah. Yo, I want more than that right you know and so that's where <laughs> that come from but it was very pure I wrote that on the plane um coming to la
1: mm.
0: from um houston to la mm-hmm. and then i came back i was singing background for kimberrell and she took us to the studio we met lawan samuels who was the mm-hmm. producer he was producing something for her and he and him got he and i got to chopping it up and he was like yo you a star mm-hmm. dog like you know, what you working on i was like no really i'm just kind of playing around and writing songs he's like hear what you get and i uh Sung something more to him, and he started producing that on the spot to that. And what y'all have is actually the rough version. Oh really? Like I said, I never had did songs complete process. So it's the rough version of something. It sounds more. good
2: like that though. I very don't think it raw, needs much more. Very rough. I uh-huh.
0: mean, and he ended up losing the session, hmm. so I couldn't give you a. Uh, Performance track of that song if I wanted to. <laughs> it had to be when I got the right. performance tracks created, we had to recreate it. But yeah, during did. that time I didn't have it, I mm-hmm. didn't have an instrumental to give you because we didn't have it. Mm-hmm. So basically, not even basically what y'all have, what's out as something more, which has been arguably my most popular song mm-hmm. was mixed from a two track. Wow.
2: So you can't?
1: Nothing
0: I couldn't do. Yeah. I I just mean,
2: (laughs) others can't. You don't have to have all the bells and whistles all the time. You should still do it. Not saying not
0: to. Right. But you should still go with with, with wherever you are and with whatever you're dealt, you should still, you know, give it. Indeed. All of that.
2: Well, thanks, Deep Man. Thank you, man. So good to see you. It's been a minute.
0: Likewise. It has been a minute. It's been a long
2: time. You got to live. (laughs) I should have left you without a dope beat. I brought
0: it back, though. I got some dope beats, man. I got to get. You uh a package. I gotta get, right. get
2: a package of things okay. to you. And Your rapping is dope too. Even your rapping in the in in the theme song, which I know you just fucking threw together really yeah. quick. But the style of and just the way you do your inflections, you know, I think you could use more of it. And, yeah. and just because a lot of the songs are focused on your singing, I'm like, your boy can rap. <laughs> it's like get to the bars.
0: <laughs> well, you know, cause the words. That's right. that's that's the whole thing. Like I um. You know, I have a, my son. My son is uh, pushing me. He's so gutsy. How old is he now? 18. Jeez, the call on him. That oh, part. You know, but he's so gutsy, so <clears throat> gutsy. And, um, you know, so he keeps me very focused in the space of I, I can show you. Right. How and why I push you hard. You know, this is what, this is the result of being pushed. This is why I'm hard on you. This is why right. I think like this. This is why I rock like this. But art is art. I remember thinking rap was so separate from singing and uh, whatever, you mm-hmm. know. But really, it was all a creative extension. It's
2: an extension, yeah. It's just it's a creative extension. It. And yeah.
0: not, not like, no boxes. That's my shit. Like, and that's, I have a song on this project.
1: No right. boxes. <laughs> no, exactly. Lizzo. <laughs> right.
0: And just because you can't do something doesn't mean that that's what you're supposed to do True. all the time. True. you know. But I had to give myself permission that you don't got to sing them under the table this time. Right. Right. This song is, you can play with the different parts of your voices. Right. I got... Once I, oh, this ain't nothing new. We haven't been a long time. You know, I'm singing from that space. Yeah. Then I have something that I'm giving you. Love don't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to feel comfortable with all the nuances of what I've, I've been given. That's why I have to still give it because mm-hmm. I never did. And I think that when you have purpose, um, life is about fulfilling it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm in the fulfillment stage. So thank you for sharing your platform with me. No doubt.
2: No doubt. Uh, Where can people follow you? Where can they buy the book? Where can they get the music? You know, shout it out.
0: Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) So um, my name is Deep, spelled with one E has a Latin (laughs) crown over it, but you can't put capital D low E capital P. Yeah. I mean, but that doesn't matter when they search and they can, they can do, you know, (laughs) or you can look Donald deep page. And then a lot of things will pull up, but I'm on all social media platforms think deep t-h-i-n-k-d-e-p at think deep or uh, my official website is thinkdeep.com uh which is where you can get the book if you want to get the book direct through me um it's called fall back to step up sometimes mm-hmm. you have to sing to yourself because <laughs> you should before you sing to somebody else make sure <laughs> and then um the uh edibles and elevation is coming soon Okay. Yeah. And you'll be able to find that. But there's music out on all the platforms. There's uh, the song Fall Back that does kind of accompany the book. It preceded Mm -hmm. it, but it accompanies it. And then uh, Red Light Part 2, which is what you was listening Mm to, uh, is out there as well. But yeah, I'm available on Apple Music and Spotify and all those things that you listen to Mm -hmm. that we only get a... (laughs) point zero 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 whatever cents gotta per spin gotta <laughs> sell five million to your three dollars yo, yeah I mean. like yo i got my royalty <laughs> check let's go to mcdonald's <laughs> 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 but yeah i live by nothing that's happened since y'all really all of this for me is just encouraging you to what to to take your journey and to take what you're feeling and can combine them in a way that um feels true, feels authentic and serves your purpose because your purpose may not look like whatever barometer of success that the outside forces tell you it should be judged by right. it could be just by impacting that one person that will change the world, so you have a job to fulfill the work that's on <clears throat> your plate to fulfill
2: That is up on that note. I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can follow the show. Screenwriters are, are on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, screenwriters, rant room at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. We're all over the world. Um, shout out to everybody who's always commenting and uh, uh, retweeting and posting and all that. We appreciate you guys. As you see, our show is also... We interview all kind of people, so those of you who are interested in writing songs and producing and all that, you see, we have all kind of people in here. So, shout out to the shout out to y'all. Um, so if you guys are grown, thank y'all. We appreciate it. Y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We keep it real.
1: Uh-huh.
2: We keep it opinionated. We keep it 2022. 20, Peace, y'all. <laughs> Everyone
0: got one, what's your opinion, this is the Ram Room, tongues won't be bitten, ain't no rules, just spill it, and anybody can get it, no limit, we get to kill it, You tuning into the thrillers, and no, ain't no stopping, any topic, even the random. I hope that you ready, we entering in the zone soon, we only grown shit,
1: welcome to the Ram Room, that's it, that's all I got to say.